The year was 1963, when a young man by the name of Jerry Herp would become the head coach of the Ubley football program. Starting in 1963, the Bearcats would take on a different mentality. They would hit harder, they would run faster, and they would outlast any opponent they faced, if by nothing but sheer will. Over the course of five different decades, Jerry Herp would instill that mentality in anyone that proudly wore the Ubley U. Now, 60 years later, that mindset is still the same for the Ubley Bearcats. Today, the Ubley Bearcats of the M19 Valley are now led by disciples of Jerry Herp, with nearly the same playbook. The concepts are simple, yet the results are hard to duplicate. Precise blocking, precise tackling, and precise execution have led the Ubley Bearcats back to Ford Field for the second year in a row and third in just the last four years. A perfect 13-0 record on the line for a journey of redemption. The Ubley Bearcats have already jumped a previous hurdle and took care of Beale City last week in commanding fashion, winning 24-6 and defeating the Aggies for the first time. The week before that, the Bearcats dismantled a program with five state championships in six years with a throttling victory over Ithaca, 41-20. So as the journey of redemption continues, standing in their way is a familiar foe. One who Ubley faced off with exactly a year ago, right here in the Motor City. The Whiteford Bobcats bring a similar mentality with a storied past matched by few, but so do the Orange and Black. Last year, in one of the hardest fought championship games across all eight divisions, Whiteford held on for a slim 26-20 victory over the Ubley Bearcats for the Division 8 state title. Now today, as the sun rises over the Detroit skyline, so does the orange block you, and another shot at redemption. With the entire thumb supporting them, it's time for the journey that began 60 years ago to finally bring home that one trophy that's still missing. It's Whiteford against Ubley as the MHSAA Division 8 State Championship begins now. The WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banke, and Kendall Anthes. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services. It's the moment that most kids about in Michigan can only dream of. A shot at forever football glory. It's the MHSA Division 8 State Championship, and today we feature two unbeaten teams, the Whiteford Bobcats and the Ubley Bearcats. Good morning from high atop the field at Ford Field in downtown Detroit. I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for today's broadcast. Alongside me, as always, is a true professional, even has license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Good morning, all. Good morning to you guys. Uh, so far, off to a good start here. Uh, Ford Field looking great, as always, and the Ubley Bearcats uh, have us fired up. Great work on that intro, Ramsey. That oh, was perfect. Thank you. It was exactly one year ago that the Whiteford Bobcats and Ubley Bearcats met on this very field to sort out the 2022 state title. In a back-and-forth game, it came down to who had the ball last, 
with the Bobcats defeating the Bearcats 26-20. Now it's Ollie's turn to return the favor. It was such a fun game to watch right down to the very last play, expecting a similar type of game today, but hopefully with the Bearcats on the winning side this time. There are two undefeated teams in the entire state of Michigan entering today, Ubley and the Whiteford Bobcats. The Bobcats having rolled through their competition this season by an average score of 42-8. to it's going to be a tall task today for the Bearcats, but we all know Ubley is up for the challenge. It's been Whiteford and Ubley, one and two in the rankings all year since the season began. It's only right that these two get to settle it on the grandest stage here at Ford Field. For the third time in four years, the Ubley Bearcats are on the largest stage, the state championship. In the meantime, the Orange and Black have accomplished every item on their list, with the exception of one, and that's to bring back the state title trophy back to the M19 Valley. No doubt about it, that would be awesome, but it's time for them, and this is evenly matched as a game as you're going to find, and as good a chance as Ubley had last year, they have an equal chance this year to get it done. It's the state championship between the Whiteford Bobcats and the Ubley Bearcats. Before we kick off the state title game, we'll host our media roundtable, take a look at other area games, and do a deep dive into the game of the week, the game of the year. Ubley in Whiteford, and it's all right here on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. Presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agri Valley Services. Dia Services of Cass City for all of your grain handling needs. Conic Radiator and Air Condition of Bad Axe. Randy Sunny Center, 269 Guns. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Countryside Transportation, here on Auto Parts. McVeigh Insurance Agency, Bayport State Bank. The Zinger Smigalski Fair Home. Harbor Beach Community Hospital. The Michigan High School Athletic Association. Obli Motor Service. Sure health. Better health. Better life. Are you sure? Internet services provided by Agar Valley Services today on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast and copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction with the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. Well, for anyone in the state of Michigan, making it to Ford Field or back in the day, the Silver Dome was an achievement in all of itself. Meaning you have survived four grueling postseason matchups and you are in the top echelon of high school football teams across the Great Lakes State. Then there are the Ubley Bearcats, who are no longer satisfied just getting to the ultimate stage. Today is Ubley's fourth appearance in school history, first leaping out of the scene in 2008 against Traverse City St. Francis, losing 41-13. Then it would be 12 long years before they returned, or you should say 13 by the time the 2020 state championship game happened in late of January 2021, with the Bearcats falling to Centerville 22-0. The following season, Ubley would roll. The following season, the Ubley Bearcats would roll through the regular season to make it to the semifinals before the Beale City Aggies stopped their progress 12-7, a game they returned the favor in last week in the semifinals. And last year, Ubley again blasted through the regular season, putting a running clock on every team all the way through the state semifinals. And Whiteford would end that party with, oh, with a one-possession victory over Ubley 26-20 in the finals. That leads us to today. With Ubley's fourth finals appearance, the most of any thumb team ever. 
USA made it to the finals three times, winning twice in 98 and 2004 and losing in 2005. Hyper Beach reached this, this stage twice, first in 1991 in the Silverdome and then winning it all in 2012. And then Lakers and Van Axe have each gotten to the finals once, Lakers winning in 1981 and Van Axe falling short in 1978. That's it. No other team has made it to this stage. Good morning, folks, from Ford Field. My name is Clark Ramsey, my third time broadcasting here from Ford Field. To my right is Dave Hansen, who's been by my side each and every time. That's right, and uh, looking to get back uh, to a winning percentage there. We'll get back to two wins and one loss if the Albany Bearcats can take care of business today, and hopefully they will. Uh, they certainly will be should be ready for it. And this is, uh, listen, this is a classic matchup, a rematch of last year. Two very equal teams watching tape, looking at stats. I mean, it, it's fascinating how wildly close these teams are on paper. Our director of sports information, Doug Cole, lives just down the road in Livonia, Michigan, and keeps track of all of our real-time stats throughout the entire broadcast. Doug, for the first time this season, your journey was remarkably shorter than ours. Yeah, I think this is the second week in a row that's uh, happened. Uh, but uh, I stayed over the night uh, here in downtown. It was a great night, and I'm looking forward to a great game. Well, well, I think I know the, the answer to this, but uh, you got to tell us about dining with Doug uh, last night. Well, I had uh, four special guests with me. Yes, you did. Last night, uh, we went to Sweetwater Tavern right in the center of downtown, yep. and it, it was delicious. Uh, I had uh, fish and chips, and uh, I think there's a picture, or I'm not it's sure. It's on if, Twitter. It's on Twitter, I believe. So, uh, but so it was it was great and it definitely gets the Doug uh, seal of approval. Oh thank goodness. <laughs> yes. So dining with Doug will continue into next season. However, Doug, we do have one issue here. So the you you down the fish and chips and you can check out on Twitter. We are ten followers away from a thousand followers on Twitter. <laughs> this is our whole pitch. Go to twitter.com, search for WLW Sports and we'll find you the one thousandth <laughs> follower. We'll, we need nine Bob. We're down 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 <laughs> to nine. The thousandth follower We'll give a hearty handshake from Clark Ramsey. Awesome. I'll track you down and I'll give you a handshake. <laughs> but, Doug, you didn't finish your coleslaw. You didn't even touch the coleslaw last not, night. I'm not a big coleslaw guy. I'm a little uh, little bit of a picky eater, but I've been better throughout the years. But coleslaw, uh, no thank you. Doug, your last name is Cole. <laughs> well. <laughs> you would think coleslaw would be well, you Doug would Cole. Th you would think. You know, maybe I should uh, maybe try it next time. You know, okay. who, kn who knows? My taste buds might be different <laughs> since the last time. Maybe, but, uh, may maybe in the off season we'll do like one of those videos where we have ten different coleslaws yes. and try them all. Yes. We, I, I'm up for the challenge. Okay. Well, as you can tell, folks, we're bringing you the best coverage of the state championship game today here with Doug Cole, with Dying with Doug Doug. It's, it's been a pleasure to have you uh, with us all these years. Uh, now 11 years, right? Yep. This is my uh, yep, 11th year, and uh, it's been great. It's been a blessing that we get to uh, call two games, uh, two years in a row here at uh, – Ford Field, and uh, last year was a great game. I expect nothing different this year. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, but we're all in the booth this year. Yes. Uh, and speaking of being in the booth this year, Dan Banky has been our spotter for the last seven years, and we are forever grateful for having him in our ears throughout the broadcast. Unlike last year, Dan gets to stay in the booth with us the entire game, which is news that I know Dave and I are quite relieved with. Dave, or Dan Banky, welcome to the booth. Hey, this is uh, kind of nice up here. Well, kind of. I said the view is a little bit further than what we had last year. We were uh, two rows off the field, so the, and all, we had picked the right end zone. All the touchdowns were in uh, the end zone we picked, so we won't be as close to the action, but we're going to be we'll be calling her from up top here. Yeah, so <laughs> if, in case you are just joining us this year, uh, we, I got in a mid-broadcast We'll say debate with the MHSA last year, and they said we had too many people in our booth. 
So this year, we are occupying two booths. That's right. That's all it takes. We, we, we registered two stations, <laughs> and they gave us two booths and no questions asked. So yep, we're take, good to go. Take it as you will. Yep. Take it as you will. Dan, it's, it's a pleasure to have you yes. with us. Thanks, thanks for having me. And our, then that leads us to our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthes, the only person who will have to be living in the shadows today and uh, w w for many reasons. But uh, <laughs> since the MHSA only allows four people in the booth, but if there's one man who can outrun the state officials today, it's Kendall Anthes. However... His pants may be unironed because they're brand new. He forgot his khakis and uh, had to make a quick run to Meyer, and here you are. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, but we do have khakis on. Um, they're a little tight, but <laughs> shout out to the 8-mile Meyer because they had two pairs of khakis, and one was my size. So we are, we're working here with what we got. Also, we are now eight followers away oh from 1,000 followers on Twitter. Man, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be someone from like Nebraska. I'm going to drive all the way to Nebraska to give this <laughs> handshake. Right. Hope it don't cut into the game we got. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I'll have to leave as soon as we hit that thousand follower. Uh, but Kendall, eleven years ago, Doug Cole forgot a belt, and we oh, did not no. let him live it down. No. And you forgot pants. Yeah, that was. It was a rough morning when you go to the bag and you're like, they're just not there, but you think they're in your suit yes. suit bag. They're also not there. Oh, Jen Klump was our 992nd follower. Oh, That's the, oh, uh, there the, it is. the better half of Ed Klump <laughs> there. And uh, a, a saint, immediately yes, a sainthood yes. for being married to Ed Klump. Oh, right underpaid and underappreciated <laughs> yes. for sure. Well, folks, we are 43 minutes away from kicking off the state championship, and it's the Audley Bearcats looking for their first state title in school history. 43 minutes away from kicking off all the reaction right here on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we will host our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet right here on Sports Radio 1021. Christmas morning for some folks today. It's the state championship game. And you're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Kendall Anthes, and Dan Banky. <laughs> Went out of order there. Did throwing, me off. <laughs> throwing me off there for a second. It's now time for the Media Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest miles from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Joining me today via text message. He's down on the field right now. From the Heron County View, it's the Chris Partridge of the Meeting Round Table, Paul P. Adams. Our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthos. The top spotter this side of the Mason-Dixon line, Dan Banky. And the defending champion of the Meeting Round Table, Dave Hansen. If you are inquiring about where to send uh, Kendall Anthos some pants, P.O. Box 442. No, it seems we're getting photos of... Of khaki pants uh, yeah. from Chris, well, his father, from his, dad, yeah. from his father, <laughs> sending pictures of his khaki pants at home. So, let's let's continue here, uh, fellas. We're, we're we're on a strict deadline. Uh, our director of sports information, Doug Cole, intern for Northwood University, Kendall Anthos, top spotter this side of the Mason-Dixon line, Dan Banky, and the defending champion of the media roundtable, Dave Hanson. Through the end of the broadcast season, we will, which is today, we will keep score of our game predictions. When that time comes, we will deem a media roundtable winner. There is a lot on the line today, more than just a state title. We enter today with a tie ball game between Dan Banky and Dave Hansen, each with three wins this season. 
But if Doug Cole or Paul P. Adams can snag the win today, they would force a three-way tie for the 2023 title. Believe me when I say you can cut the tension up here with a knife, despite being the air pretty darn thin this far up above <laughs> Ford Field. So if it's a three-way tie, so all three names are going to be on the trophy then? I, I, think, think, I, th I think the most recent winner should just take it. Well, we've never had a three-way split. I think the loser just takes it. I'm, st I'm still a little bitter that we used Ed's one pick of the well, year. Well, yeah, yeah. Because right. that could have been mine. Yeah. But that's all right. Congrats, that's right. Ed. Ed deserved it. Ed and Kendall are tied with one game apiece. Yeah. Not a, is this the first year you've never gotten a win, Clark? This is the first year time. I've not gotten a win. Correct. You are absolutely correct in that. So how it works, each media representative picks a winner and a final score for this week's feature game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week, which has not happened this year, like Dave was just saying. Since Paul won last week, he will go last. So today's order is Kendall Anthos, Dave Hansen, Dan Panky, Doug Cole, and then Paul B. Adams. Kendall Anthos, the tea is yours. Well, I just want to make it known that the last time I had won a game was the, our opening weekend. You were wearing weekend. khaki pants. Yeah. No, I was not. No, we not. were in shorts because it was 100 degrees out week one yes. of the season. Yes. But today, I think that this is going to be a great game. I think this will probably be the most competitive game that both teams have seen all year long. Um, and I think it's going to come down to the final possession. Um, give me the Bearcats today, 24-20. 24-20, you're saying the Bearcats by four points. Yes. Last year was six points in favor of Whiteford. This year, according to Candelanthus, I'll lead by four points, 24 to 20. Dave Hanson. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kendall. I, we're going to get into all the stats. We're going to break these teams down, but you're going to see they're eerie similar in every single category possible. And I, last year's game was great. I expect this one to be just as good. I expect it to be clean. These two teams do not make a lot of mistakes. If there's even one turnover in this game, that could be the difference. One ill-timed penalty. Uh, I'm with you, Kendall. I think it comes right down to the last possession. Give me the Bearcats winning also 27-24. to 24. Wow, 27-24. to 24. In favor of the Bearcats, according to Dave Hansen, by three points. So, ugly for by four for Kendall. Ugly by three for Dave Hansen. And that takes us to Dan Panky. Yeah, I agree with those guys. It's going to be back and forth, back and forth. And uh, if you guys remember, right, opening possession last year, Ubley fumbled the ball. Yeah. And that pretty much you know how the game went it was back and forth and after that so, first possession you're right yeah i think uh this year maybe ugly might uh force one fumble or interception even and uh they're gonna squeak her out in the end uh 21 to 14. oh okay 21 to 14 but i'll be my seven points yeah. so three for the ugly bearcats so far dan banky taking ugly 21 to 14 by seven points doug cole well like dan said um if ugly takes care of the ball uh doesn't fumble um or uh, and uh, doesn't throw a pick. I think they have a real shot to win this game. However, I think I think uh, Whiteford is too much for Ubley. Oh, and, uh, and trust me, I want Ubley, I want Ubley to win. Okay. And I'm cheering for the Bearcats. However, I got Whiteford taking this one, 26 to 20. 26 to 20. So same score as last year. Yes. Okay. So uh, Doug Cole. Is not driving back to Huron County today, so he is safe. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Doug Cole won't be in Huron County until probably August. So I'm gonna say. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Doug Cole taking Whiteford 26 to 20 by six points, the same score as last year's state championship, and that leads us to Paul B. Adams, who's down on the field right now and he's listening to us. So careful what you say, fellas. But Paul B. Adams, this is what he sent to me. He says, "Rare does a team get a shot at redemption." That's what Ubley has today against Whiteford. These are the words of Paul B. Adams. In order to win. 
Ali must link limit possessions and mistakes. The Bearcats will be able to do both and bring home their first state championship. According to Paul P. Adams, the Ubley Bearcats will win 27 to 21. So the Bearcats by six points, 27 to 21. So the experts have spoken. Four for the Ubley Bearcats, one for the Whiteford Bobcats. On the low end, Dave Hansen taking Ubley by three points, 27 to 24. Kendall Anthes taking Ubley by four points, 24 to 20. Paul P. Adams taking Ubley by six points, 27 to 21. And Dan Benke taking Ubley by seven points, 21 to 14. And then there's Doug Cole <laughs> taking the Whiteford Bobcats with the same score as last year's state championship game, 26 to 20. The reason why I'm doing that, so there's no chance you get a win, Clark. Oh, thank you. Thank you Doug. I greatly appreciate that. I it's, should have done it then. Yeah. No, you can't speak. You I, forgot your pants. I, I did go uh, 0 for one year, so that way Clark can join me in that yes, non-win it's, it's, category. It is. Being in Ford Field, it's a very iconic club to be in, part of uh, the Owen 16 Club, yes, uh, Owen right. 16 club here yeah. in Ford Field. I feel like we fit right in. Yes, it does. Bring back great memories, guys. Good it's work. time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the home team slash the away team for us here on the radio, the Whiteford Bobcats, right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Just go to WLWSports.com, scroll down a little bit until you see that play button, and you'll find anything you need right there on WLWSports.com. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We seem to be in a stalemate here. We have about 15 people waiting to be the 1,000th follower. At this point, we're at 995. We're trying to get to 1,000 today. That's our whole goal, and you'll get a Clark Ramsey handshake if you're within uh, three miles of my home address. Oh, that nice little uh, yeah, fine you, detail you, there. Yeah, but no. We're not leaving till we get 1,000. Terms, so. terms and <laughs> services apply. Yeah. Well, there are a few teams that have the, had the consistency like Whiteford in the last 10 years, one of which is their opponent today. Fittingly. Since the 2013 season, Whiteford has played 38 playoff games. For reference, Ubley is at 31. Since 2016, Whiteford has now made it to the state finals four times in the last seven years. They've won two state crowns, one in 2017, and again last year, they haven't lost in 27 games. Leading the way is second-year head coach in Todd Teakin. Yeah, Todd Teakin in his second year is 27-0 as a head coach, hopefully until today, replacing head coach Jason Mensing. Uh, Mensing joined the staff in 2016 as the defensive coordinator, and when Mensing left to take a job at Westland John Glenn, uh, the entire staff stayed here. So a lot of consistency. Uh, again, you don't have this type of success with coaching changes every year. Uh, these guys, these guys know what they're doing. They have a good game plan, and they will bring a, uh, everything they have today against the Bearcats. Last year, the Whiteford Bobcats were led by the Associated Press Player of the Year in Shea Ruddy, who is now playing college ball at Hillsdale College. Last year, he threw for 1,200 yards and accounted for 38 total touchdowns in his senior year, something that is quite difficult to replace. 
Sometimes it takes two people to do so, and that's exactly what Whiteford has done, going with a little bit of a two-man quarterback role for 2023 with Trey Eitner and Ryan Ruddy. Yes, that is the younger brother of Shea Ruddy and the fourth leading rusher on the team. Yeah, Trey Eitner, though, a true freshman, 5'10", 165. Um, he is the heir to the throne. He's the guy that's taken over. Again, the rest of this team is back other than quarterback, so Trey Eitner is going to have to fill a big role. He's 43 of 86 passing, completing 50% of his passes for 1,000 yards and 15 passing touchdowns. He uh, averages about 23 yards of completion, so big playability is there. Ryan Ruddy is a senior. Um, he's technically listed as the backup, but he's attempted another 42 passes. He's completed 26 of them. That's 62% of the time uh, for another 460 yards and five more touchdowns. With no interceptions. With no interceptions. Good point. And uh, he's rushed for over 400 yards and seven TDs himself. So they have lots of weapons to replace their quarterback that, literally single-handedly carried him to victory last year. Yeah, Trey Eitner averages 23 yards of completion. Ryan Ruddy completes an average of 17 yards per reception, so big plays downfield. And despite a sharp passing attack, the Whiteford Bobcats are still a running team at heart. This year, through 13 games, the Bobcats have put together a rushing attack for 2,700 yards. Leading the way is Jake Iatt, Hunter DeBar, and Drew Meggs. Yeah, and they're pretty evenly distributed, right? Uh, all seniors, Jake Iatt, 130 carries, DeBar and Nags, each with uh, 110 and 112. So they both have uh, 800 yards. Nags is a little lower, about 600 yards, but uh, about 25 TDs between the three of them. This team runs the ball first, and that is going to set the tone for how much they pass. When they pass, they want it to be similar to Ubley. They want to establish the run. They want play action over the top, and they want it big. But Jake Iatt and Hunter DeBar will be the primary 1A, 1B backs. Uh, all of them average about six yards a carry or more. Actually, DeBar averages over seven yards a carry. These guys uh, have a well-rounded offense with lots of different options to choose from. And if Jake Iatt, Hunter DeBar, and Drew Nags' names sound familiar, that's because they were all playing and all starting last year in this very game. Whiteford's passing attack is far less balanced, with the primary target being a six-foot-two senior tight end slash wide receiver in Colby Mazarant. Entering today, he's just 44 yards away from 1,000 receiving yards this season. Hunter DeBar and Ryan Ruddy are the next two leading receivers. Yeah, but it's not even close. Uh, Mazarant, over 40 catches, 950-plus yards. He's got 12 touchdowns. He's had four games with over 100 yards receiving in those games, he has caught a pass in every single game this season. And mind you, I said he caught 43 passes. Uh, DeBar is the next leading receiver with just 14 receptions. Um, and Masserant, not your typical tight end. He averages 22 yards a catch. Um, so he's not just a, a safety valve for the quarterback. He is a down-the-field threat also and a tough guy to tackle. But what makes Whiteford so good isn't just on the offensive side of the ball. They hit hard, and they don't let opponents score often, allowing just an average of one touchdown per game. Sound familiar? Very, very right. familiar. Eight to eight times they've given up one touchdown or less. They haven't allowed 10 TDs accumulated before the fourth quarter at all this season. So first, second, third quarter, they have allowed just 10 touchdowns for that part of the season and before last week's game they've acquired 22 sacks on defense 10 recovered fumbles have intercepted 14 passes and have scored three times on the defensive side <laughs> not too bad instant offense that's absolutely right keep it locked on your home for high school football up next we'll discuss the other half of today's state championship game and our favorites for today the ugly bearcats it's all in your home for high school football the wlw sports network on sports radio 1021 in live worldwide at wlwsports.com 
You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, and Kendall Anthony through the call today. High atop the field in Ford Field in downtown Detroit. For the third time in four years, the Ugly Bearcats find themselves on the largest stage for high school football in the state of Michigan. In case you are just joining us, Ugly's four visits to the state finals is now the most by any team in the entire thumb of Michigan. For the last three trips to Ford Field, the Bearcats have been led by the same head coach, Eric Sweetie, who has had one of the most impressive coaching resumes in just four short years. That's right. In those four years, head coach since 2020, Eric Sweeney is 47-5, and five, winning over 90% of the games he's coached. A recent winner of the Detroit Lions Coach of the Week Award. Yes. Um, he has three Greater Thumb East titles. All came in the last three years. Just two losses in the regular season. All came in the first year. Um, his only his other losses twice came in the finals and one in the semifinals. Never lost a regional tighter game and has gone three and one in the state semifinals. In the state of Michigan, a high schooler can play a maximum of 56 games at the varsity level. Today, Evan Bruski is making his 48th start at the quarterback position for the Ellie Bearcats, a feat that we will likely won't see for quite some time again. That number would be higher, but with that lingering hamstring issue, he sat four games this season to rest his leg and is now back in action ever since the district championship against Harbor Beach. Yeah, no question about it, but he is the heartbeat of this offense, right? 185-pound senior, plays defensive back. I imagine, just like last week, they will try to use him situationally um, to kind of keep him as healthy as possible. Put it in perspective, with the amount of time he missed and nursing that injury, he rushed for 1,200 yards and 20 touchdowns last year. He has rushed for 400 yards and four touchdowns this year. Um, but uh, the passing game hasn't missed a beat. He's actually passed for more pass or more passing yards this year. He's 13 of 20 through the air, completing 65%. He has one interception, but just under 400 yards and four completions for touchdowns. He averages 29 yards a pass and catch. So he's he's got the ability. He's made some great throws in the last couple weeks, specifically Harbor Beach. He made a couple phenomenal throws down the field. Um, he hit Mueller a couple times down the field last week. So the, the receivers are there. The play action is working. It's going to be a big part of their offense today. It goes without saying that the Elder Bearcats are predominantly a run team, having rushed the ball a total of 546 times this season. That is just under 95% of all snaps on offense for the 2023 campaign. Through 13 games this season, Ubley is averaging 8 yards per carry for a total of 4,400 yards in 72 scores on the ground. At the front of the bank, his first year running back and a senior in Cannon Peruski, followed by Seth Maurer and Luke Volmering. That's right, Cannon Peruski, Seth Maurer, your 1As, 1Bs. Cannon Peruski, middle of that T, your fullback. Power straight ahead. He's got 140 carries, 1,500 yards, 21 touchdowns on the season. Seth Maurer, your senior back, the only one of these guys that carried the ball last year in this game. Uh, again, he's their leading rusher carries-wise. He's got over 150 carries, just under 1,000 yards, 960 to be exact, and 18 touchdowns to boot. And there's no discredit here, but Luke Vollmering is the third option. He's got 95 carries, 600 yards, and 11 touchdowns on the ground. But he is primarily, he's one of their best blockers. He yes. does not get appreciated enough for the work he does in the trenches as one of those backs taking a fake. 
And he's been rewarded again with 11 touchdowns and, and 95 carries to boot. But primarily when this game starts, uh, he is going to set up those carries for Peruski and Maurer to try to get them going. For those other 5% of snaps that don't result in positive yards on the ground, Evan Peruski and Luke Vollmering have connected with their receivers 65% of the time and for combined 568 yards and seven scores for the year. The biggest target downfield is senior tight end in Brett Mueller. Well, that was the question. If and when the time comes to throw the football, who's going to be the guy to catch it? Ryan Lehrman's caught three passes this year, 84 yards and a touchdown. But it's been Brett Mueller that has stepped up big. Um, long kid, long arms, big body. This guy can stretch out and go get it. And he's shown the ability to really catch that ball at its apex. 14 times he's brought in passes, 460 yards, six of them for touchdowns. Last week against Bill City, caught both passes that were sent his way, 55 total yards, and both of them went for big touchdowns. Brett Mueller also hit a 54-yard field goal last week, which was the fifth longest in field goal history the bell, in the Clark. entire state of Michigan. The big bell. The big bell. And the longest in six seasons. Defensively, the Bearcats have shut down nearly every single opponent they've faced, allowing just 10 points per game on defense. Yeah, seven games without allowing a touchdown or less, allowed just five TDs in the first, second, third quarter combined this five season. Five touchdowns That's in the first three quarters. Just five touchdowns all year in the first three quarters. Again, sound familiar? Sounds very familiar. <laughs> Beale City, 77 yards on the first play of the game last week. 71 total the rest of the game. This ugly Bearcat defense is for real, and it's going to have to come up big again today. We are 17 minutes away from kicking off the Division 8 state championship game between the ugly Bearcats and the Whiteford Bobcats. A rematch of the 2022 state championship game, and this time the ugly Bearcats are poised for the victory. Stay tuned. Up next, we'll do a direct comparison look between Ubley and Whiteford, and it's on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. LW Sports Network, Clark Ramsey, Dave Vance with your call today for the Division 8 State Championship game from Ford Field in downtown Detroit. Also with us, our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole, Spotter, Dan Banky, and our intern, Kendall Anthos, spotting and sporting the newest pair of khakis in Detroit, Michigan. Kendall forgot his pants, and we're not going to let him forget it. Doug Cole forgot a belt 11 years ago, and we're still living it. They still won't let him forget that, let alone an entire pair of pants. But we are here in one piece. And we're here with our whole crew in the booth. Again, knocking on wood that that stays the way, but we're spread across two booths today. And apparently that's all the MHSA cares about. Well, as the crow flies, 139 miles separate Ottawa Lake, Whiteford, and Ubley High Schools. For those who might not know where Whiteford High School is, you will actually have to look up Ottawa Lake, Michigan, to find it. Whiteford is technically the township name and is just a stone's throw from Toledo, Ohio, with a high school just three miles from the Ohio border. Whiteford's commute today to Ford Field just took over an hour up US 23 and across I-94. For Ubley, it's about a two and a half or two hour and 10 minute drive. In regards to the school size, we have the sixth smallest and ninth largest schools in the Division 8 playoffs. Ubley at 182 students, Whiteford at 264, roughly the same size as Vassar for comparison. So by going by student enrollment, it's Whiteford by 82 students. Today marks just the second time in history that Whiteford and Ubley have faced off with the first time being exactly 365 days ago in the state championship. 
Whiteford won that one 26-20. Offensively, Hubley has a slight edge over the Bobcats today through 13 games. The Bearcats have put up 573 points on their opponents, the third most points in school history, behind only last year in 2008, both solid years in Hubley history. Whiteford has scored 15 less points at 558. So on offense, it's Ubley at 44.1, Whiteford at 42.9, so it's Ubley favored on offense, statistically, by 1.2 points. On the other side of the ball, it's the opposite. Whiteford with the hairline advantage. The Bobcats have given up 114 points through 13 games. That's an average of 8.8 per game. Ubley has allowed 130 for an average of 10 points per game. So on defense, it's Whiteford by 1.2 points. Dead even, statistically, offense and defense. Very fittingly for the state championship game, it's the number one and number two offenses against the number one and number two defenses. In the AP polls, number one against number two. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University in Uncle T scouting in sports wagering department started factoring in all possibilities. Stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for today's game sits at Whiteford, six and a half points. So one touchdown in favor of Whiteford, according to Las Vegas. And today is the 322nd day of the year, meaning there's just 43 days until the new year of 2024. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuned in today, whether you're on the way to the game, out running errands, or perhaps you're contemplating whether you want to watch the game on TV, listen to the game on the radio, or try to sync up both broadcasts, or perhaps you're trying to figure out where the heck Bally Sports is and why you don't have it on your cable <laughs> package. But Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question about iconic broadcasting pairs. Oh, besides us. B- well, besides right, us, right, yes, right. of course. Yes. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's see what you got. Well, it was on this date. On this date in 1979, and Pat Summerall and John Madden would call their first game together. Today was their first time calling a game together in 1979, beginning one of the most well-known partnerships in TV sports history starting in late 1980. Dan, or Dave, not Dan, unless Dan wants to jump in here, uh, but Dave, how many seasons did Pat Summerall and John Madden call games together? Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to roughly, it's, it's about 20 20 years? 22 years altogether. The pair were brought together halfway through the 1981 NFL season as CBS was looking for a change for their top crew in CBS Sports. And later on, they would move on to Fox. And the pair would uh, be together for a whole way all the way through the early 2000s. John Madden was an immediate hit, but Pat Summerall was not John's first broadcast partner. Dave, my second question, who was John Madden's first broadcast partner in the first half of the 1981 season? I do know this one because okay. uh, it ended up working out very well for both of them. Yes. Uh, if I remember right, it was Vince Scully. Vince right? Scully. Yeah. Yes, of course, the longtime broadcaster for the Los Angeles Dodgers. The plan was for CBS Sports to make a change in their top broadcast team, but they weren't sure who would be a better fit with John Madden, Pat Summerall or Vince Scully. So Madden was with Scully for the first half and Summerall the second. The CBS execs decided that Summerall's sense of humor worked better with John Madden's larger-than-life persona. Plus, Scully was a little bit longer-winded than Summerall, and they were afraid that the broadcast would be cluttered with two long talkers. It's very similar to you and I, Dave. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but as the Dallas Morning Star once said, Summerall speaks as if he's taxed by the syllable, while Madden acts like he's paid by the paragraph. When, of course, most people think of John Madden's broadcast career, they think of Brett Favre, for one, and, of course, Thanksgiving Day with his famous turducken. Dave, what are the three key pieces to a turducken? In order. Uh, Turducken is a broadcasting pair, huh? Yes. 
Uh, I can see the dark part of the internet led you here. Um, the three key pieces. Oh, I, I, I don't know the three pieces. It's a deboned chicken stuffed inside of a deboned duck, or vice versa. I've, I've, I've seen both there. So a deboned chicken, a deboned duck stuffed inside of a turkey. Makes sense. It was introduced in 1997 when Summerall and Madden were calling it a game on Thanksgiving in New Orleans. And a local butcher brought one to the broadcast for them to try. And as they say, the rest is history. And speaking of turducking and cooking up a feast made for champions, Dave, what are your three keys to today's game? All right, well, when thinking about this today and thinking about this rematch from last year, there's one thing that came to mind, and it was tackle, tackle, tackle. For the Ugly Bearcats, this is an outstanding defense. They have played very well. Stats show it. Uh, they hit hard. That's why they beat teams that are bigger than them, sometimes faster than them, and they win in dominating fashion. They wear you down and then take over in the second half if need be. But last year, Shea Ruddy, at quarterback, was able to make them miss, shed tackles. Uh, Ubley did not tackle as good as they normally have in the past. And so they cannot let that get to them today. They have to swarm to the football and bring people down and not allow those extra yards after contact. Um, the other part of that, the other side of the ball, the offense, they have to finish drives. And that doesn't necessarily mean points. Get first downs, drive down the field. Bueller can make field goals. Just continue to pester them with points and continue to control the game. And that's your third one. Control the pace of the game. Let's play ugly football. Let's play slow, methodical game. If we get the big home run, awesome. But if it's a nine-minute drive that ends up with seven points, that is a win for the Bearcats. You got to slow down the, the Whiteford offense by limiting their possessions. And I think that starts with playing good defense, making good tackles, and making sure that running game continues to grind out first downs and eventually punch in some points. Current conditions in Detroit, Michigan, outside are 31 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Inside, it's 67 and a half degrees at our booth with clear skies inside of Ford Field. They're calling for a 0% chance of rain this afternoon inside and out. Winds are the west-southwest at zero miles per hour and gusting up to one inside. Visibility is, well, I would say about 128 feet inside today. Barometric pressure is at 30.44 inches. The dew point is at 17. I don't think we're going to have two today, fellas. And it feels like it's 31 degrees out inside, 67 and a half. The humidity is at 56%. And if you are in our hotel room last night at the Rensen, it ranged anywhere. What Dan and I walked into our room, it was 59 and a half degrees inside of our room. You hit the thermostat one degree, and it was 72 degrees about 90 seconds later. So I think it's safe. And by the way, we're in a waxing gibbous moon phase. The official favorite broadcast moon phase of the WLW Sports Network. And very fitting, very fitting for the state championship today. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful day for football. Sunrise today at 7.39 a.m., sunset at 4.59. We've crossed that 5 o'clock mark in the sunset, everyone's favorite stat. So on November 25th, 2023, we've had 9 hours and 20 minutes of daylight. That's that's a lot. Nine hours and 20 minutes of daylight. <laughs> We've lost 14 minutes since last week's broadcast, and this is the saddest part. We've lost a mere four hours in 16 minutes of daylight since the season began just 14 weeks ago. Whiteford won the toss, elected to defer. So, very much similar to the Harbor Beach and Ubley uh, coin toss uh, mechanics, Ubley always receive, or always takes the ball. Harbor Beach always defers, so very similar for Whiteford today. They won the toss, elected to defer, so Ubley will start out on offense. Your officials today, take a stab at them. They're, Remember, here. they're here. They're here. We do not know their names. We can't find them anywhere. They're supposed to be in the program. We couldn't find them in the program. Officials don't know from the MHSA, so uh, Daryl Wayner, 
Mike Delpierre, Brent Wainer, Jake Wachowski, <laughs> and Kate Walsh. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll go with those. And then uh, the, 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 back, the back judge, the, uh, the side believe- judge and field judge, uh, Bree Puff and uh, Deanna Rubin. I, I can't believe Philip Grinovich didn't make the cut this no, year. No, Phil Grinovich, he didn't even make it out of the district championship this year, <laughs> let alone the state championship. My goodness. Well, folks, it's time for a short break. When we return, we'll have your kickoff in just three minutes away. It's all on the Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Listening to the WLW Sports Network is the Division 8 state championship game. And now we will listen in if our field mics will pick it up. Not at the moment. A joint performance of our national anthem between the Whiteford and Ubley marching bands. We're at the will of Valley Sports as far as our field mics go. And we're not going to pick up a thing because they're on commercial break right now. But let's uh let's try and listen in regardless. Well, we hope you listen. You heard that, folks. It was a beautiful rendition. Strong numbers out there between Whiteford and Ubley. Uh, certainly appreciate the marching bands all season long for doing what they do. It brings a whole new atmosphere to every single game. It's great to see a strong program from both sides, especially in Division Eight, the smallest schools playing 11 player football in the state of Michigan. And there's two schools in the entire state of Michigan that are undefeated. And that's today, both featured in the Division Eight state championship game. The Whiteford Bobcats at 13-0. The Ubley Bearcats have 13-0. Everyone else has one loss or more on the season. Whiteford won the toss, elected to defer. So the Ubley Bearcats will be coming out on offense. Let's walk you through that starting lineup one last time this season. At center, a senior, a 6-foot, 285-pound senior, number 62, Caleb Ratcliffe. Of course, first year starting at center, replaced Cameron Ferris, who graduated last year. Left guard, Skylar Smith, a 5'10", 185-pound junior. He's also linebacker. A trails only Cannon Bruski and tackles at 97 total on the season. Left tackle is Mitchell Foote, six foot three, 275 pound senior, number 76. Mitchell Foote, quite the third year starting at left tackle. Brett Mueller, six foot two, 210 pound senior, is the tight end on the left side. He's the leading receiver on this team, of course. Also the leader in the state of Michigan all time and most made PATs in the state of Michigan and for a career. Right guard would be Austin Gentner, a senior, number 65, six foot two, 195 pounds. For Austin Gentner, first year starting at right guard. Aiden Kohler, a junior, six foot one, 195 pounds, number 63. Aiden Kohler, quite the force out there for the Bearcats. 
Also plays defensive tackle. 53 total tackles. Last week had two solo tackles and three assists on defense. And your tight end on the right side, Ryan Larabin, a 6'2", 195-pound senior. Second leading receiver on the team. Had a brought in a reception for 22 yards last week against Beale City. Your quarterback, four-year starter, making his 48th start tonight. That would be Evan Bruski in your backfield. Luke Vollmering, Cannon Bruski, and Seth Maurer. No need for further introductions of those three on the season. Deep back, Evan Peruski. We haven't seen him back there taking kicks in quite a few games, Dave Hansen, as he's deep back standing at his own six-yard line on the far left side of your radio. Kicking off for the Whiteford Bobcats in their home blue uniforms. Yellow numbers would be number four, Hunter DeBar. Plays wing back as well as cornerback and a senior. He's kicking off from his 40-yard line, kicking to the left side of your radio, bounces at the five and goes into the end zone for a touchback. And we have begun the Division 8 state championship between the Ugly Bearcats and the Whiteford Bobcats. Yeah, welcome everybody listening from home. This game is underway, and we had a touchback to start it off. And, and typical Ugly game fashion, they will come onto the field on offense first, uh, led by their quarterback for the last four years, Evan Peruski. So they start at their own 20-yard line, left to right across your radio. Well, actually, if you're on your radio, the far left corner of your radio to the near right corner. We're positioned here in the corner of Ford Field, approximately three-quarters of a mile away from the action. It's a handoff to Seth Maurer coming around the left side. He has positive yards and is going to be tackled down after about a four-and-a-half-yard gain. They're going to mark him down right at the 25, brought down by Colby Mazarin, outside linebacker for the Whiteford Bobcats. Yeah, good start for Ubley. Again, three yards in a cloud of dust is what you're looking for today. Anything over that is a win. It's at least four, maybe five yards, depending on the spot. But Seth Maurer going from right to left around the outside of his of his offensive lineman around Mueller and company, and he gets a good block to seal the edge. Linebacker tracks him down around that left side after about a five-yard gain. Four and a half down lineman. It's going to be a handoff to number 21, Cannon Prusky, up the middle. He has positive yards again, this time for three yards out to the 28-yard line. Colby Mazarant with another tackle. Two tackles for him today on two plays. Short on the goal line to gain, but a third down and short third down. It looks like just about one and a half yards. Mark him down right at the 29 for a four-yard pickup. Yep, just power football, right? Drop. He's the first option in that backfield. Cannon Prusky right up the middle, right off the center. Pushes the pile forward. Gets a couple, maybe three, maybe even four, depending on that spot, fighting for extra yards. And right where you want to be, third down and one. Third down, a yard to go for the Bearcats in the straight T. No chaser, T formation all season and for the last 60 years. And off to Seth Maurer, finds the gap. He gets tripped up at the line under his own two feet. Turf Monster jumped out, but he gets the first down regardless. He needed one yard. He got five. He's all the way out to the 34-yard line to move the chains for the other Bearcats. Ooh, for anybody watching this replay at home, man, there was a big hole to run through. And I think with one good jump cut, he could have made them pay for a big one. But the Turf Monster saves Ottawa Lake on that play. But it is still the first first down of the game for the Ugly Bearcats. First and 10 for the Bearcats. Splitting about two yards inside the left hash. Handoff to Seth Maurer. Has room to run. Finds a gap inside and across the 40. Finally brought down at the 43-yard line for a nine-yard gain. Tackle made by Stepan Mazarin, outside linebacker and a senior. Obviously relation to Colby Mazarin. He's the backup running back and plays outside linebacker. Yeah, you can see uh, already Whiteford making a substitution, bringing another defensive lineman. It looks like R.J. Cornett coming into the game. Uh, again, just uh, trying to add more bodies on that a defensive line. And to be fair, he's probably right to make a change early because it's not that Ubley's beating them right now on the line. There are some 
massive holes to run through. Second down, just a yard to go, and it's a Luke Vollmer and run. He's out, has the first down, still in his feet at midfield, and finally brought down right at the 50-yard line, right in the middle of that MSU Spartan head, right at midfield. Tackle made by Brandon Neggs, middle linebacker. He's the fifth leading tackler with 74 total tackles this season. Make that 75. I wonder how long it takes for you to mention that. You're that welcome. Was there. <laughs> well, not much to talk about last night for the Spartans, oh. that's for sure. And if you're curious why they didn't switch that back, it takes about 16 hours between the unpainting process and the painting for the Lions logo to come back in. Under center, Evan Peruski with the first and 10 from midfield to hand off to number 30, Seth Maurer. Gets out for two, maybe three hard-fought yards into Whiteford territory at the 47-and-a-half-yard line. Tackle made by number 26 for the Whiteford Bobcats, Jake Iatt, middle linebacker and a senior. He leads the team in rushing, and last week he had 12 carries on offense on defense, leading tackler for Whiteford. Yeah, he's a, he's kind of the do-it-all guy, right? The leading back, middle linebacker, kind of their guy that's all over the field for him. And he's going to have to play better than he has the first couple possessions of this game about time he's gotten in on the action because they're running right at him. He's going to start making some tackles. That was the best job Otto Lake's done so far, but still chain-moving ability here for the Bearcats. Three-yard gain in that last one. It's a handoff to Luke Vollmer. He stood up at the line of scrimmage as Whiteford's defense now making adjustments. And they forced Luke Vollmering to only gain a yard on that one tackle made by R.J. Cornett. That's the other li down lineman that brought back, brought in just a few plays ago. And this is going to bring up third down in mid-range, third down and six for the other Bearcats at the Whiteford 46-yard line. It's going to be interesting because we all know the health of Evan Peruski. He's not healthy. He's as good as he's been in a while, but, but him cutting is his biggest issue. This is typically third and six where I'm dialing up Evan Peruski. Be interesting to see if Eric Sweeney has the ability to do that today and if they're willing to call it. Then he gets to the 40-yard line. It's a sweep to the left side for Luke Vollmer. He has a lead blocker. He has the first down. He's finally going to be brought down at the 35, the 34-yard line of Whiteford. A 12-yard pickup. Tackle made by Jake Iatt once again for the Whiteford Bobcats. Whiteford's off coaches are not pleased with this progress from the Bearcats. With the Bearcats, just business as usual. Right, and, and the, but that's that's the play, right? That's the play normally Evan Peruski keeps it, but they've incorporated these sweeps with Maurer around, around the outside, intentionally sweeping to the sideline. That time it's Luke Vollmering, and they have nobody there. All ugly blockers and leads to a very big first down. And off to Seth Maurer, finds a gap on the left side, and he's uh, churning his legs, and a second effort gets down to the 30-yard line for a four-yard gain. Tackle made by Colby Mezran, outside linebacker. He's the enter today with the fourth leading tackler with 78. He's already had three tackles today. Yeah, he's, he's the other guy in that linebacker spot. Going to have to play a big role because when they run to him, that's they have him as a senior outside running to try and stop where Seth Maurer is going to attack. That time, Mazarant does a decent job, but Ubley still gets the three, maybe even four they want on first down. Tenth play of this drive, Ubley at the Whiteford 30-yard line. Still scoreless. We've played seven minutes, excuse me, five minutes in this ball game. 6.55 left in the first as a handoff to Seth Maurer gets down for a modest two, two-and-a-half-yard gain. Ryan Ruddy playing basically a spy safety position for the Whiteford Bombcats brings him down, and it's going to be short of the first down by a solid three-and-a-quarter yards. Yeah, keep in mind, they are in field goal range, but Ubley has had positive plays so far on every single play. I got to believe with just third and three, this is four down territory. Uh, it's, it's been a while since Cannon Peruski's got to carry. They have plenty of weapons here to get a first down in two plays. Evan Peruski in her center, third down in three. It's a handoff to Cannon Peruski up the middle, but Whiteford brings him down at the line of a scrimmage, maybe out to the 30 excuse me, the 27-yard line as Connor Bott, defensive tackle and a junior, brings him down. 
And he's going to be short of the line to gain by a solid three yards. Fourth down, three to go for the LB Bearcats. Is this go or no go? Or bring up Brett Mueller for the kick. Brett Mueller is always an option, but I think on this first series, you've, you've already won the Set field the position toe. battle. you got to go for it. It's a bummer there because Cannon Peruski's got to go straight ahead. He tried to cut, and he cut right into the blitzing linebacker. On the Both sides play. fired up. Straight to you for Evan Peruski. It's a handoff. Your quarterback here for Evan Peruski. He has a lead blocker. He's going to get it. He's down to the 20, the 15, the 10, and gets tackled out of bounds at the 8-yard line. They're going to mark him down to the 7 for a 20-yard gain. They needed 3. He got him 20. That's in his 48th start. Megan moves on fourth down. Uh, the play was the, the play was dialed up perfectly, but if you watch him run, he never plants and cuts, but didn't need to. He could drift to the sideline, uses the angle. You can tell the speed is still there, but the change of pace is not, but he didn't need it there. Good blocking. The, everything was set up, and Ottawa Lake just didn't have a clue it was coming, and it's first and goal for the Bearcats. From the seven-yard line, first down, working off the right hash, far right side of your radio, scoreless game, 535 left in the first, and it's a Seth Maurer handoff. He gets inside the five and is dropped to the three-yard line by a slew of Bobcats leading the way. Dr- Jake Ayat, leading tackler for the Bobcat Diva. Second down, goal to go, this time from the three. Yeah, Jake Ayat playing too far back. He's got to get up there and fill one of the gaps. At some point, you cannot allow this ugly Bearcat team to get three, four, and five yards on every carry. you got to get in there and take a gap away. If you pick the wrong one at this point, so be it. But if you're going to let them beat you for four and five yards, uh, Eric Sweeney and company is going to continue to pound the rock right at him. Seth Maurer broke basically two tackles to get to that point down to the three-yard line. Second down, goal to go. 4.58 in counting here in the first quarter, still scoreless. Evan Peruski under center from the three of Whiteford. There's the snap. Handoff to Seth Maurer coming around the left edge, trying to find a seam, and his blue jerseys bring him down for no gain. Leading the charge, Ryan Ruddy to stop him for no gain. Hunter DeBar was also there as an insurance run. They're going to say a loss of a yard at the four. So a tangle for a loss for Ryan Ruddy. For the Whiteford defense, third down, goal to go from the four-yard line. Yeah, Ruddy gets there first, but DeBar's the one to make sure that Seth Maurer doesn't get anything extra. It actually looked like Seth was about to break that one and get right down to the goal line, but DeBar forces him out of bounds. That's a pretty big play there in defense for Ottawa Lake, but it's, again, four-down territory for me for for the Ugly Bearcats. Continue to pound the rock. 4.45 left in the first, and it's going to be a handoff to Luke Vollmering, and he tripped in the backfield. Another loss of a yard, so they went from... A second down and goal from the three to third down and goal from the four to a fourth down and goal to go from the five. You guys might think I'm crazy, but I didn't expect a loss on that play. Now I would consider taking the three points. Five yards is a lot to ask for. Uh, Bueller is pretty automatic as long as it doesn't get blocked. It seems like that's the only way he misses. Uh, it's it's even closer than an extra point. So, But it looks like the offense is on the field. Keep an eye on Evan Peruski. This is his time to shine. The Bearcats trying to set the tone early. 4.08 and counting here in the first quarter, and there's the timeout called by. Timeout called by, I'm not quite sure. Timeout called by the Bearcats with 4.06 remaining in the first quarter. A big, big call coming here from Eric Sweetie and the Bearcats. Yeah, he said we were hoping to get two yards on that play and then have two or less to get into the end zone, and it's go time for me if that's the case. Because even if you do turn it over, they have to go 98 yards on your top tier defense. But when you slip on the turf and lose a full yard, it's. A full five yards you need. Now, I, trust me, Eric Sweeney Company has plenty of plays in the playbook to get Eric, uh, Evan Peruski out, out on the edge, allow him to run, maybe make a throw. Uh, this is kind of the area where you want that bigger guy, that lanky guy um, in Brett Mueller to catch the ball. But, man, I'd like to take the lead in this game if I can. Yeah. And if I think Brett Mueller's my best chance to get it, um, I certainly wouldn't blame him for doing it. But 
they lined up on offense to see what kind of defense Ottawa Lake showed. And uh, looks like they'll probably go back under center and go again. This will be the 16th play of this drive. Ubley's held the ball for seven minutes and 54 seconds to start this game. Whiteford's offense has not been on the field yet. Fourth down, goal to go from the Whiteford five. Working just inside the left hash, Evan Bruski under center, three men backfield. There's the snap handoff. Quarterback keeper for Evan Bruski trying to run upfield. Has coming around the corner, and he's going to die for the end zone. Touchdown, Touchdown Evan Bruski and the Bearcats. They convert on a fourth down and five. Evan Bruski lunges his hand over the goal line and in for the score. The Bearcats have taken the first lead and grabbed the first points of the day in the Division 8 State Championship. It's now ugly six, Whiteford nothing, with 3.59 left in the first quarter. That's all Evan Bruski, folks, but the nice thing about Evan Bruski having no runs on tape this year is Idaho Lake. Okay, I'd have forgot about it. I mean, he absolutely changed pace. They, they were not ready for it. They thought they had it stopped, but when he hesitated and then went back to the sideline, he dives and reached for that end zone line. And oh boy, boys, after watching that replay, that is very close. This one could be reviewed as uh, he may be down before. So the now in the state finals, there are reviews since we're here at Ford Field and they have the whole system set up. So potential uh, all scoring plays in potential scoring plays are automatically reviewed. Turnovers in potential turnovers are also reviewed. So Evan Bruski runs to the near goal line and tries to lunge for the end zone. Where's that knee go down? Knee is down and looks like he is short. As we have no pile on camps here. That's, we do not have the budget for that. So tackled by number 10. Nate Andrews, oh no, excuse me, number 18. His knee uh, is down. I think he's short, guys. And bringing in the tackle, Colby Mazarin is going to be credited for that one. So when all said and done, the officials are going to take a look at this one and more than likely going to overturn this one. Instead of a touchdown for Evan Bruski, this is going to be down at the half-yard line. So you correct me if I'm wrong here at the state finals. Each coach mm -hmm. gets to challenge once per half. In addition, once per half, there's also a challenge on top of that. Correct. The, these are all free. Touchdowns, yes. turnovers, potentials, those are all reviewed for free on the fly. But each coach gets a challenge once per half. The ruling is he fell short of the goal line. First down. Sorry for that, folks, for the loud uh, officials there. And as you heard right there, down at the half-yard line. So the touchdown is called back from Evan Peruski. Let's take off the six points, and we are still tied here. 0-0. Whiteford and the Bearcats and the Bobcats take over at the six-inch line. A long way to go for their first score. 3.59 remaining in the first quarter. Yeah, that, that's, that was a great tackle individually there on Evan Peruski. I thought he was in at the initial instinct, but you watch that replay, that knee is definitely down. That's the right And call. that's terribly disappointing for the Bearcats. It's a handoff up the middle to Hunter DeBar coming out of the double wing offense, and they get out to the three-yard line. Tackle made by Aiden Kohler for the LV defense with tackle number 54 on the season. And Whiteford coming out in the hurry-up. They're already out the three-yard line, second down and seven to go. Setting three receivers wide to the left, running back to the left. It's a screen pass to the near sideline to Ryan Ruddy. He brings it in, and he gets out to about the eight-yard line, and they mark him down at the nine. Tackle made by number 63, Aiden Kohler, as well as Cannon Bruski, linebacker. Third down and a yard to go, and Whiteford's already nearly, oh, now they're going to huddle up. Yeah, it's smart on their part, right? They, they line up under center. Everybody's tight. Power run. Uh, Hunter DeBar gets them out away from the end zone line, and then they go to hurry up. This is all pre-scripted coaches stuff, and they hurry up. They do not huddle. They get right on the line of scrimmage. They take those three tight ends and throw them out to the left side. 
Ubley's only got two defenders out there, and it's just, as soon as the snap is done, it's quick throw over to number two, Ryan Ruddy, and he's able to get upfield to get another five or so. Uh, a good series there by Whiteford to get away from their end zone, and now it's third and two. Man in motion. That's Jake Ide. It's a pass and sweep out to Ryan Ruddy. He has the first down, converts on third and one, and gets all the way out to the Whiteford 14-yard line before he's stopped by Ryan Lehrman out of the 14 for a five-yard game. First and ten for Whiteford, and they're starting to march down the field. Yeah, I thought Whiteford would attack right in the middle, but that sweep, I thought Ubley had life there to make that tackle, but as he kept drifting further and further to the right, he found that opening, makes that quick cut, and gets a very important field position first down for Whiteford. First and ten from their own 14-yard line, right to left across your radio, receiver wide to the right, double wing that's on, on outside of the guards and tight end of the right side. Hand off to Jake Iatt, and he rumbles across the 15 and out to about the 17 for a literal three yards in a cloud of dust, and he's stopped by Devin Geiger in his tracks. That's just a freshman for the Ubley Bearcats out there. Jake Iatt leads the team in rushing with 897 yards this season. Yes, yeah, so with the double wing, you're, you're going to see both backs covering up the tight end. You'll see a wide receiver on the play. Uh, and then you'll have a tight end on each side. But So what they're trying to do is get a man in motion. We've seen a couple local teams pick this up and try it, but what Whiteford does, they do it a lot quicker. As soon as that guy goes in motion, they're, they're just tighter. And as soon as, typically, Ayat goes in motion, that's when the play starts, and it's a quick handoff and right up the middle. It's a little bit of a jet sweep to number four. Hunter DeBarro came from that wing back on the right and took it to the left side, and he gets out, but Cannon Bruski was there to meet him. For, goes from a third down, or a second down in a little bit to third down and three. The similarity is, is when Ubley's in the backfield with their wing tee, typically Seth Mowers going left to right, uh, typically Luke Vollmering goes right to left. It's the same concept, just those backs are covering up the tight end. They go in quick motion right before the play is snapped, and then, again, in this last play, Hunter DeBar goes from right to left. It's a quick handoff to him. He goes around the left side, finds the first opening he can get, follows his guard, and gets a first down. Hunter DeBar wide out right and is a pitch to the right side to Jake Iatt on the sweep, and he gets close to that line to gain at the at the 24-yard line. Number 11, Luke Vollmering in on the stop, as well as Ubley's 76, Mitchell Foote. And they're going to mark him down a half yard beyond the line to gain. First and 10 on a third down conversion for Whiteford. Yep, so there's your next option, right? Jake Iatt typically gets that handoff right tight next to the quarterback, and as soon as he gets to the quarterback, he follows his offensive line right up the middle. It's almost like a dive. This time, though, he goes behind the quarterback. It's a pitch backwards, and almost a sweep around the right side, and following the pulling guard and then the tight end that's out there and the extra running backs, they try to set the edge, and that time they get a, another first down. First and 10 from the 24, and it's a handoff to Ryan, or excuse me, Hunter DeBar. Gets out to the 27 before he's stopped by Skylar Smith, linebacker junior for the Ubley defense. A gain of three, actually four according to the spot. Second down and four, and we've reached the end of the first quarter. In a fast and furious first quarter, the Ubley Bearcats stopped at the half-yard line. Whiteford now on their first possession of this game, and we've played 12 minutes already. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We played one quarter, and it's scoreless between Whiteford and Ubley in the Division Eight State Championship. Are you ready for it? You're listening. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. 0-0 at the end of the first quarter. Ubley and Whiteford all tied. Yeah, 
perfect first quarter, right? I mean, other than the score, but exactly like we figured. Ground and pound, nine-minute drives, fourth down and five, get tackled at what we thought was a touchdown, reviewed down to the half-yard line, just can't catch that break. And it all comes back to that third down play where literally Luke Vollmering slips on the turf, costs him a yard. That's the difference in them scoring a touchdown on that first drive. Whiteford just now getting their first drive, or just a couple minutes into the first, left in the first quarter. They're putting together a nice drive too. One quick pass, but otherwise ground and pound from that double wing. So two teams want to keep the ball on the ground, uh, but at some point we will see them air it out. It's just a matter of luring them in and the chess match beginning starting here in the second quarter. The other Bearcats with 16 plays of offense for 80 total yards, which was stalled at the half-yard line, initially called a touchdown, but then on a review, Evan Bruski's knee was down at the half-yard line before he broke the plane off the goal line for the score. So that was overturned, and the Whiteford Bobcats now on their first play or first drive of the day, and it's already the second quarter. Whiteford took over with just under four minutes left in that first quarter. Ubley's drive, eight minutes in one second, marching down the field methodically, and the best defense is keeping Whiteford's offense off the field as well. That, that, well, that was the game plan. Would have been nice to get some points, but to be fair, for those listening at home, as much as I wanted that play to stand, it was absolutely down at the half-yard yeah, line. The no, right no doubt about it. They got it right. Uh, as much as disheartening as that is, probably needed five and gets four and three-quarters yards. But uh, nonetheless, not, hey, this defense has done their job all season long. One more game in, you're going to have to come up with a stop. And it doesn't matter when it comes. Even as long as you keep them out of the end zone, this drive, we're all even and a chance to hang around in this game. Whiteford now marching left right across the radio. They send two receivers wide left wingbacks on either side of trey eitner at quarterback that's hunter dobar and colby mazarant wide left hand off to the right side to jake either leading rusher he's across the 30 and tackled forward out to the 33 and mark him down to the 34 tackle made by the ugly bearcat of skylar smith linebacker junior for the bearcats this year quite a number of tackles that would be his 47th solo tackle of the year so just a little change for Whiteford uh, coming out of the break from the end of the first quarter is typically it's been one receiver out to the left and then your double wingbacks and that's one wingback typically the one on the right opposite of the wide receiver is covering up a tight end who is eligible to catch a pass so this time they take that tight end and put him out in the slot they're going to come out and do it again so two receivers to the left and their other two playmakers are the wingbacks over top of the guards first and ten from the 34 back to pass they're on downfield right down the middle and this is wide open and brought in at the 40. He's still on his feet at the 30. That would be Ryan Ruddy down to the 20 and tackled all the way down to the 17-yard line. That was number 30, Seth Maurer, defensive end, who tracked him down and they mark him down at the 18-yard line. From their own 34 to the ugly 18, a heck of a reception there for the Whiteford Bobcats, a 48-yard reception. Yeah, and there was no play action needed there. That was just a straight drop back, and uh, the left wing back just streaks right down the middle of the field. Uh, th there's just nobody covering him. Like, Candon Peruski has underneath coverage, but nobody in deep safety coverage. It's blown, and Ryan Ruddy makes ugly pay for the biggest first big play of the day. And Jake Ayak is the handoff coming from the left side of that line to the right, down at the 14-and-a-half-yard line for a gain of four. Tackle made by number 55, Skylar Smith, linebacker, yet again for his third tackle of the day, leading the way for the Bearcats. Second down, six and a half for the Whiteford Bobcats inside the LB Red Zone. No score, 10.36 left in the first half. Yeah, very important as Whiteford can get another first down here before it's first and goal. And right back to that formation, two receivers one way and two wing backs. 
Swing to the left side to Jake there Eilick, and there's the ugly defense coming and stepping up to the challenge. Leading the charge was Colton Oswald, and there's about four other white jerseys in there for the Bearcats, bringing him down for a modest one-yard gain. He's now at the 13-yard line, third down, five to go. Yeah, much better swarming defense there, not allowing that jump cut right at about the hash mark to get upfield, get that four or five. They force that running back to drift out to the left side, and then they swarm to the football. Very short gain. They're going to give him a yard, but that would be it on that play. Third down and five from the 13. 9-15 counting here in the second quarter. 0-0. Ubley's first drive results in a turnover on downs at the half-yard line. Whiteford started their own one, and here they are at the Ubley 13-yard line. Play clocking down to three as a handoff to Jake Iatt reverses his direction, and he gets all the way down, and he gets the gain of eight when he needed five, and he moves the chains now for a first-in-goal situation. Tackle made by the Ubley Bearcats, number 11, Luke Vollmering, defensive end junior. Move the chains for the Whiteford Bobcats. First in goal from the five. Oh, that's all Jake I and Ubley had that one sniffed out. Had had that left side, our right side stuffed right off. There was no running room at all. But Jake Iatt, following his blockers, great vision, is able to cut back to the left, finds a wide open trail, and gets Whiteford a first down and first in goal scenario. Trying to go inside the trenches, and it's a scrum as Ubley steps up and meets him at the original line of scrimmage. You guessed it, Cannon Peruski plugging that hole for no gain from Jake Hyatt, still at the five-yard line. Second down, goal to go, still no score in this ballgame. Eight minutes, 50 seconds left in the second quarter. Whiteford at the ugly five-yard line in the hurry-up offense. Double wing, handoff right up the middle to Drew Nags. That's the fullback, churning those legs, and in a second ever gets down to about the four. They'll mark him down for a gain of a yard. Third down, goal to go from the four. Yeah, so in that double wing, it's, it's everybody's on the line of scrimmage, right? So you got two tight ends, you got both wing backs over top of them, and then a fullback in the backfield. And when that, as soon as the play is snapped, the fullback comes straight behind the quarterback. They fake the one hand pitch to one side and hand it off to that fullback diving straight ahead. But Ubley digs deep in the front in the trenches. Nowhere to go, and now it's third and goal from the four-yard line. Third and goal from the four, double wing to the, and looking to pass downfield into the end zone. It's going to be into the hands in the corner, and it's brought in by Hunter DeBar. Ubley had two sets of outreached hands, nearly bringing that one in, but instead Hunter DeBar in the corner of the end zone puts the Whiteford Bobcats on the board first, capping off a 99-yard drive. Ended in six points for the Bobcats. Colton Oswald had to have just missed that football. He had the underneath coverage, right? He's he's the guy that's protecting the dump off to the running back, and he realizes the quarterback is going to lob it over his head and retreats, and when he extends both those arms, it had to have just missed those fingertips, just perfectly thrown by Trey Eidner, and that's going to hit Hunter DePar and the first score of the game. Going for two. Going to his right and looking to pass downfield, and this one's overreached. From Colby Mazarant, could have been pass interference, but none was called. So it remains a six-point lead for the Whiteford Bobcats, leading the Ubley Bearcats with eight minutes, 11 seconds left in the second quarter. Whiteford six, Ubley nothing on the WLW Sports Network. After Ubley marched down the field on 16 plays and got stopped at the half-yard line, Whiteford responds with a 99-yard drive in 15 plays and took 7 minutes and 48 seconds off the clock. 
These two squads are evenly matched in nearly every single category. And it's Whiteford leading 6-0 over the LB Bearcats with 8 minutes and 11 seconds left in the first half. Whiteford 6, Obli nothing. Dave Hanson, your thoughts? As much as I don't like that Obli is behind, them stopping that two-point conversion could be big for the future of this game. Listen, if Ubley knows, knows if they want to win this game, they're going to have to score probably a good three times in this game. So trailing by a score is not that big a deal. But need to respond here with another good drive. The run game was working. No need to go away from it. But at some point, at some point, I fully expect them to go play action and try to get their big play maybe coming through the air. Uh, but for me, it has to come on an early down. Come on first or second down, maybe when Whiteford isn't expecting it. That's what Whiteford did. They called that pass play on an early down and uh, made Ubley pay for it. Now it's time to give another payback here. Get a big play, finish his drive off, and then Mueller would give Ubley the lead. So stopping that two-point conversion is a, a win for the Bearcats on that series defensively. Now the offense has still has a chance to come back and retake the lead. And it sounds like we have a good problem on our hands. If your app or if you're listening to the game or if people are texting you that they can't get the game, it's because the app is overloaded. Go to WLWSports.com and click on the play button. That's another option. Or find an old-fashioned radio in your house and turn on the radio that way. Right now, it's 6-0 Whiteford over Ubley, and the kick comes in for the Bobcats and rolls into the end zone. It bounced about the 13 and trickled its way into the end zone for a touchback. So the Bearcats will start at their own 20-yard line, trailing Whiteford 6-0 with 8 minutes and 11 seconds left in this first half. Yeah, those are those are low bullets. They kick it with the side of their foot, try to hit it right up the numbers, and try to roll that thing or line drive, one-hop it into the end zone to make sure, uh, similar to what the, what the Bearcats want to do with Mueller, they, they don't want any returns on kickoffs. They want you to go 80 yards in this defense. So far, Whiteford has even that playing field on special teams, going to force Ubley to try and go another 80 yards. For their 17th play today, right to left across the radio from their own 20-yard line, Ken Bruce gets the handoff, and he gets four yards out to about the 24-yard line before he's stopped by the Whiteford second line. Defensive tackle tackles from behind as he's met by a linebacker in front of him as well for a four-yard gain. Second out and six from the 24. That's just what the doctor ordered. Just uh, no need to panic. Just stick with your offense. It Literally, it worked just fine. You were a half a yard from scoring on the first series. Continue to stick with it. Mix in all these backs. Uh, Evan Pruski looked good keeping it. At some point, you might have to dial up his number again. He's been effective enough, and they're going to have to continue to ask him to do that in this game. Second and six is a handoff to Seth Maurer. He has room to run down to the 29. He's going to be just shy of that first down marker for a five-yard gain. Tackle made by Colby Mazarin, outside linebacker and a senior leading receiver on offense as well. Third down and very manageable for the Bearcats. Third down less than a yard from their own 29. Yeah, no doubt about it. Seth Maurer running right into the back of his own uh, def uh, own player there. I think if he cuts, he can probably get a few more yards out of that or a lot more. But nonetheless, third down and a half a yard. This is right where Ubley wants to be to try and move the chains. Evan Bruski gets the snap, hands it off to Seth Maurer. He got the first down and a forward progress is stopped to the 31 and then pushed back after that. That's where Connor Bott stopped him, the junior defensive tackle, for a gain of two. They only needed one, a new set of downs for the other Bearcats. First and 10 from their own 31, trailing 6-0, seven minutes left in the second quarter. Yep, that is that is just fine. You just get, pick your number, go ahead and attack your gap, get the two yards that we need you to do, and we'll reset on another first down for the Bearcats. First and 10 for the orange and black in their road white uniform tonight. Black pants, W on their left hip, traditional black helmet with a black face mask. Whiteford in their home blues with gold striping. 
Evan Bruski under center at his own 31. Rolls to his right, looking to pass downfield. Wide open is Ryan Lehrman at the 43 and tackled forward out to the 48-yard line. That's where Kobe Mazaran brings him down to the 49. 18-yard reception for Ryan Lehrman. That's two receptions in two weeks for the for the uh, Ryan Lehrman senior. And first and 10 for the Bearcats, starting to open up that playbook. I love it because if you're going to go play action against a team like this, you got to do it on an early down. And the best part about this is you got to remember, Evan Bruce is a left-handed quarterback. They dial up play action to his right, so he's got to roll out right, cross his body, and make that throw. But Ryan Lehrman's wide open. Perfect play call on offense there to jumpstart this offense. And off to Seth Maurer into, into Whiteford territory at the 45. That's going to be a gain of six. We actually mark him down to the 44. And it's going to be a gain of seven. Tackle made by number 22, Brandon Neggs, middle linebacker and his senior for the Whiteford Bobcats. A good play there. Brandon Neggs, the fifth leading tackler with 74 entering today. Seth Maurer getting the, the carry there and doing exactly what Seth Maurer does. Find that gap, run into that linebacker, drive him ahead, get six on first down after the big pass play before that. From the straight tee, it is a handoff to Luke Vollmering. He's out for the running across the 40, still on his feet, breaks out of that tackle. He's going to be tackled inside the 35 and brought down to the 33 by Ryan Ruddy, who came out of the secondary to make that stop. From the 44 to the 33, Luke Vollmering, number 11, with an 11-yard game. And, and Jets, the power that we've been talking about. Drive those legs ahead. Cannon Peruski gets through the hole. And then you see Vollmering actually, in my opinion, cut the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, his, his guys went right. He cut left into the defenders. But he was bound and determined to get that first down one way or the other and forces a couple missed tackles. It's not very often. Jake Iatt misses tackles. But Luke Vollmering able to escape from him there and get another Bearcat first from down. From the 33 of Whiteford, it's a handoff to Seth Maurer. He has rumbling inside the 25 before he's even touched at the 23-yard line brought down by Stephen Mazarin, outside linebacker. It's going to be very close to that first down marker. They're saying move the chains. On a first and 10, he got 10, a new fresh set of downs. Well, I'm glad that uh, Coach Sweeney and company did not wait long to throw that play-action pass because since then, uh, Whiteford doesn't know what's coming next, but what is coming is running plays in chunks. That's back-to-back -back runs that get the Bearcats first down. First was Luke Vollmering, now it's Seth Maurer. I'll be running game back on track here. I'll be with their 24th play of offense. Eighth play of this drive. And now to Luke Vollmering on the right side. He's gang tackled down at the 21-yard line, leading the way. Jake Iatt, middle linebacker, a senior. Big playmaker on both sides of the ball. Had 135 tackles entering today. And all right, today he has four. Second leading tackler behind Colby Mazarin. Second down, eight to go. I was wondering how many plays it would take for Whiteford settled back into what they were doing because they were minimizing those runs. Yes, Ubley was getting first downs, but it was taking third and fourth down to get there. Uh, but they, they've resettled in there and make a good stop on first down. Just two yards for Luke Vollmering going left to right and trying to get more yards on this play. We'll see what Ubley Bearcats come up with. It's Whiteford six, Ubley nothing. Three minutes and 55 seconds left in the first half. A second down, eight from the 21. And Seth Maurer gets the handoff, and he gets all the way down to the 15 yard line on in the flats tackle made by 18 Colby Mazaran outside linebacker went from a second and eight to a third down and one for a seven yard pickup for Seth Maurer I and mean, you got to keep him honest you got to run other directions but they don't have an answer for Seth Maurer right now he's averaging almost five yards a carry uh, they just don't have an answer when he goes right to left he hasn't done anything special following just deciding whether he goes inside this left tackle or outside and he's been able to get five yards pretty regularly here already 63 yards rushing in this first half Third down, just a yard to go from the Whiteford 14-yard line. Ubley trying to put on their second first score of the day. Working off the left hash, Evan Bruski, right to left cross radio, hands off to Luke Vollmering. He has the first down, but he's gang-tangled down at the 12-yard line. 
for just a two-yard gain. Jake Iatt was a <laughs> put his hat on that one and got him, brought him down. And it's the first and ten for the Ugly Bearcats at the Whiteford 12-yard line. Yeah, three minutes to go here in the first half. Whiteford struck first. They are up six to nothing on the Bearcats, but they are driving, and so far clock management working to their advantage with first down and 10 from the 12-yard line. Another opportunity at a first down and lots of time here for them to try and score without Whiteford having too much time of their own here to have another possession. First and 10 from the Whiteford 12-yard line. Far left side of your radio, wing T. Straight tee for the Bearcats with Evan Pruski under center. Hand off to Cannon Pruski of the middle. Got through that front line first phase and into the linebacking core. He's brought down at the seven. Ryan Ruddy brings him down, playing that spy middle linebacker safety position for the Bobcats as he's done all season for a gain of three. Gain of five. Gain of five, yep. excuse me. Second down, five to go from the seven. Yep, absolutely. Gain of five, and uh, like I said, that was 2.18 to Time go. Out. Timeout on the field. Woo! Timeout called by Whiteford with two minutes and 18 seconds left in this first half. It's Whiteford six, ugly nothing on the WLW Sports Network. That's exactly what it's been so far. It's like round number four of Rocky Four. <laughs> Left, right, undercut from both teams. Just beating the living daylights out of both teams. Both offenses, both defenses, top of the list in Division 8. And right now it's 6-0 Whiteford, but I'll be knocking on the door. I'll be knocking on the door. 218 to go in the half. Whiteford has had one possession. <laughs> this is the third one possession all day. Yeah, it's fascinating. So the LB Bearcats, I mean, tackled at the half-yard line, had to have a review to take a touchdown off the board, and they got the play right. It was definitely down short. Touchdown is removed from them. Whiteford goes 99 yards down the field and scores. This is Ubley's only second possession of the game, and if they're able to punch this in and take the lead, uh, like you said, we're right where we thought we'd be, a one-possession game at most at, throughout this entire game, but got to punch this in. I don't even care how much time is left. They've done a good job of limiting that time. That's why Whiteford called timeout there. It wasn't necessarily to call a better play on defense. It was simply to preserve some time so their offense could have at least their second shot at offense here in the first half. It's a second and five from the Whiteford seven. Knocking on the door on the far left side of her radio. Straight T formation, no chaser for the Ugly Bearcats. Road white uniforms. Evan Bruski in her center. Backfield of Luke Vollmering, Cannon Bruski, and Seth Maurer. Handoff to Seth Maurer. They're coming to the left side. He gets inside the five, down to about the four before he's upended by Jake Iatt for the Whiteford defense. Short of the line to gain by a yard, maybe two. Third down, two yards to go from the Whiteford four-yard line. Play clock, game clock under two minutes here in the second quarter. Yeah, it's a long yard, yard and a half to be specific, but uh, Whiteford stops him, but Seth Maurer fighting for those extra yards. But this is right where you want to be for the Ugly Bearcats. Run your standard offense, nothing fancy here. You need two yards, you can get a first down and then try to punch it in with four plays with two yards or less to go. It's third down, two yards to go from the Whiteford four. Working off the left hash. And off to Seth Maurer. Lowers his shoulder at the one. He falls forward. Touchdown, Ubley! Seth Maurer rumbles in from four yards out. And the Bearcats are on the board officially this time with a minute 31 remaining in the first half. It is now a tie ball game. Whiteford six. The Ubley Bearcats on the board also with six. 
And Brett Mueller trots out of the field for the extra point. Yeah, never a more important PAT right here. Yeah, this is an opportunity to take a lead in the game where you could have a big lead right now if that play goes your way in the first series, but it didn't. Here's your chance to retake the lead and make this a one-point lead for the Ugly Bearcats. Mueller lining it up right now. Way in the snap, Brett Mueller, long snapper. Would be Evan Bruski, the holder, Luke Vollmer. There's a snap, good snap, good hold. The kick is up, and the PAT Perfect. is good, and the Ugly Bearcats have taken the lead with a minute 31 before the first half is over. It is Ugly 7, Whiteford 6 on the WLW Sports Network. The Ugly Bearcats are on the board. They lead Whiteford 7-6 after a 6-minute and 40-second drive covering 80 yards and 13 plays. Five first downs in tow. 100% on third down conversions. Two for two on that trip. And Seth Maurer rumbles in from four yards out. Had contact at the three-yard line. Had contact at the two-yard line and rolled right over Jake Iden into the end zone for the first Bearcats score. That sticks today. It's now 7-6. Ugly leading after a Brett Mueller PAT. 91 seconds remain in the first half, and that is the completion of just the third total drive between the two teams today. Yeah, both defenses have done a good job. Uh, they've each given up one big pass, pass play, but otherwise it's been a ground and pound, three, four, and five yard cloud of dust pushing each other down the field. Both offenses have done their job. Uh, they had one stop on the half yard line, kind of set the tone for Whiteford. Nine, 99 yards later, go down and score. But the LB Bearcats do the same thing they did in the first series, ground and pound right down the field, hit them with a play action pass and finish off that drive with a Seth Maurer powerful four-yard touchdown run. But the big part of the game so far, yes, that touchdown overview hurts, but they stop Whiteford on that two-point conversion attempt, and Mueller tacks in the Ubley extra point, which now gives Ubley, even though both teams scored, Ubley has that one-point lead, and that's going to be big as we get later in the second, when we get into the second half and later in this game. If anything taught us last year in this game, every possession, every point counts. It was a Six-point ball game in favor of Whiteford last year, 26 to 20. This year, as it stands right now, Ubley, seven to six over Whiteford. Last year, the state championship game began with a fumble for Ubley's first drive. That kind of set the tone, and Whiteford took advantage and scored on that very drive. It was 12 nothing at the end of the first quarter last year, and then it was 12 to six at halftime. Yeah, Ubley, Ubley battled in. They figured it out. It took a full quarter, a little shell shock. Uh, you know, just didn't do. What Ubley normally does. Yeah. Let's take care of the football and fundamentally be sound and, and deliver the hits. They let Whiteford take control early, but they grounded they grounded them back into that game, and uh, really they were the best team for the second half. And Brett Mueller's kick goes 65 yards into the end zone for a touchback. So the Whiteford Bobcats will have 91 seconds remaining in this first half to go 80 yards from their own 20-yard line, trailing the LB Bearcats 7-6. If you're trying to listen to us or you have friends who are trying to pull up the app, we do apologize. Everything's overloaded. It's a good problem to have. So you're going to have to find an old-fashioned radio and drive to the 50,000-watt signal of Sports Radio 1021 if you want to listen to this ballgame. Good problem to have. Or you can pull up your radio to someone you know in that range FaceTime them, and then they can listen to the FaceTime from wherever you are. That's another option. Oh. Whatever you do, don't buy Bally Sports Plus. It's not worth it, folks, despite the Red Wings doing their thing this year. <laughs> Left or right across your radio are the Whiteford Bombcats. The Pistons bring down that valley dramatically. 
Going back to pass. Staying in the pocket. Now rolling to his left. That's Ryan Ruddy at quarterback now. Going to keep it for himself. He pump fakes at the 20s. That runs out of bounds at the 28-yard line for an actually a 9-yard pickup. And mark him out at the 30-yard line. So a 10-yard gain for Ryan Ruddy on the scramble on the broken play. And it's going to be very close to that first down marker. First and 10 for the Whiteford Bobcats. No word yet from the officials. There's the signal. Move the chain. So first and 10 for Whiteford at the 30-yard line. Left right across your radio. Yeah, as I was about to say, there's 90 seconds left in this half. Whiteford has two timeouts. Fully expect them to attempt to, to try and score here. They are not going to take their foot off the accelerator. They spread it out. Let Ryan Ruddy scramble around. He doesn't like what he sees. Makes the right decision. Angles out of bounds. Gets 10 yards and stops the clock. Back to pass, rolling to his right, Ryan Ruddy slings this one in and threads the needle of the 37-yard line brought in by Hunter DeBar inbounds at the 37. Tackle made by Evan Bruski, this safety and a senior. Could have been a false start, but it's an eight-yard gain. Second down and two, clock rolls to a minute five. No huddle offense here. Ruddy under center, staying in the pocket to throw. Now he's got a big man in front of him, and big man, Mitchell Foot brings him down for the sack. Back of the 31-yard line, and Boyford's going to have to call a timeout. All 270 pounds and six foot three above sea level. Mitchell Foot got himself in the backfield and brings him down for one heck of a sack. The third year starting left tackle, defensive tackle, 41 total tackles on the season, had one sole tackle and one assist last week against Beale City and makes a huge sack there on Ryan Ruddy back of the 31. Yeah, just a missed assignment. <laughs> I don't know how you miss foot, but he, he slides right you through that. that he guy. slides right through the offensive line. He's chipped, but that's it. And he just gets in the backfield, and when, when the quarterback looks up, he, he sees rafters and a helmet tackle, and that is it. And down he goes, nowhere to run. And that is going to be devastating for Whiteford as they try to hurry down the field and try to get some quick points here, because, let's face it, they've barely been on offense this game. Mitchell Foot looked like a an Ed Klump slicing through the line and for an all-you-can-eat buffet. Getting back to the 31-yard line there for a heck of a sack for the big man. Mitchell Foote, senior, left tackle, defensive tackle, 6'3", 270 pounds with a heck of a play there. That's the second timeout called by Whiteford, so they have one remaining with 55 seconds left here in the second quarter, trailing Ubley 7-6. Well, it's Jack Hyatt that was on the offensive line, and it looked like he chipped him on purpose because he thought the play was going to be a rollout, so he let him go a little bit on purpose, but when the quarterback drops straight back, he just bumped him right into him, and it turns into a big sack. Ryan Ruddy at quarterback, quarterback keeper, calls his own number, gets tackled forward out to the 34-yard line for a three-yard gain. Cannon Bruski brings him down for just the modest gain, and there's the third and final timeout called by Whiteford with 45 seconds remaining in the second quarter. So after the Ubley Bearcats offense has rattled down the field twice, Actually, Ubley calls the timeouts with 45 seconds left. Just so going both to correct you. That's, Ub that's Ubley calling timeout because they want a chance to return this punt. True. So it's a fourth down and six for the Whiteford Bobcats. So just when the Ubley offense was clicking on all cylinders, put their first score on the board to take the lead, they come up and make some big stops against the Whiteford offense. The defense clicking and firing in all cylinders at V12 engine starting to purr for the day. And now with 45 seconds left, they're going to force Whiteford to punt this one away and maybe tack on their second score of the day for the Bearcats. Absolutely. And if I'm Whiteford, I have to believe that this punter is going to try to angle this thing to the far side of the field, get it rolling. Even if you get it out of bounds, that's fine. But you can't let somebody like Evan Peruski get a, get a whole bunch of speed going and see that field and make somebody miss and turn it into instant points. Evan Peruski is going to be the deep man back for the Bearcats. He's currently at his own 45-yard line. Colby Mazrant, your punter today. 
This is just his 10th punt all season. He averages 35 yards per punt. His long is 53. He stands at his own 24 away in the long snap. So from the 34-yard line, it's a high snap over his over his head. Picks it up at the 15, now lets it fly, and that's a good punt. A heck of a punt with good hang time. And it bounces at the 48 of Ubley and takes a huge Whiteford bounce all the way inside the 35. It comes the rest of the 33. <laughs> so from the 34 of Whiteford to the 33 of Ubley, a good punt there for Colby Mazarant and avoids disaster. But the Ubley Bearcats back on the field on offense with 31 seconds to go in the second quarter, leading 7-6. Mazarant just saved this half for Whiteford. <laughs> that snap was clear over his head. And he is not a small dude, that is for sure. Colby Mazarant is an easy 6-2. That snap was well out of his reach. He's able to corral that football, turn around, and punt it away just barely. And then fortunately for him, it takes a, it takes a Whiteford bounce and releases all the way inside the 35-yard line. So now Ubley uh, with just uh, just under 70 yards to go and 31 seconds in the half. From their own 33, Evan Bruski under center, right to left across your radio. Keeper for himself around the right side, and he runs out of bounds, tackled out of bounds at the 34-yard line for a modest one-yard gain, but stops the clock with 27 seconds left in this first half. A gain of a yard, second down and nine, tackle made by Mason DeBar, defensive end sophomore. Yep, trying to utilize the sideline, try to get some yards and, and stop the clock, uh, hoping to get your quarterback up the sideline and get him down for a big gain. But uh, Whiteford is able to go side to sideline as good as anybody and track him out of bounds for a very short gain. Whiteford held the ball for just a minute in that last possession. 27 seconds, clock stop right now as Evan Perski settles under center, facing a second to nine from his own 34. Bearcats leading by one point, and Seth Maher runs to the outside to the 35. He's at the 40 to the 45. He's going to be running out of bounds at the 48-49 yard line. When all said and done for a 15-yard pickup, it stops the clock with 21 seconds. Good run and good play call from the OB Bearcats. Yeah, I'm puzzled uh, for Whiteford there. You have to know that with this amount of time left, that they're going to utilize the sidelines. I don't care if it's in the passing game or in the running game, but they completely allow uh, Seth Maurer to get to the edge, and we'll take it. A good seal on the edge by the tight end. The running back picks up a block, and then Seth Maurer, just using his speed, angling to the sideline, is able to pick up big chunk yardage. Remember, this team has a field goal kicker, just made 54-yarder yep. last week. They don't need to score. Just give him a chance to add three more on the board. He gets to about the 35-yard line. It's a quarterback keeper for Evan Pruski. Has lead blockers all over. Now cuts up field, and he's into Whiteford territory, but doesn't have that edge like he normally does. He's brought down to the 47-yard line as the clock rolls and clicks down here. And with there's a timeout with potentially two or three seconds left in this first half, and Ubley calls the third and final timeout. Ubley. Chevy Alexander, defensive tackle, sophomore on the tackle on Evan Bruski. Second down, six to go, but that doesn't quite matter as Sweet Caroline lofts across Ford Field here for <laughs> the in-house DJ. Knows her theme song, apparently, Dave. Absolutely. And uh, where to begin? Well, I don't, I can't begin to know it. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'll stop there. You did good. That, my that my good. wife is turning off the radio right now, uh, if yeah. that's the case. Well, that's true. <laughs> Only if you're within the 50-mile range of Fillion Road, Fillion and Pinnabog Roads, is you, how you're hearing us today, as the app is well overloaded. So, Dave? Well, we're we going to see how far Evan Bruce can throw the football here. Well, it's a 40, for the 47-yard line of Whiteford. So that's a 64-yard field goal. 
I think we need a little win behind Brett Mueller to get a 64-yard field goal. That would be the state record. State record, I believe, was 59. 59, yep. No, so I'm, it's, I'm not sure here if Evan Pruski can make this throw or not, but they're certainly going to get, if they do, they're going to get him out of the pocket, on the run, try to get a running start and heave it down the field. Uh, another option, they could just run their offense here and just call it a day. Uh, if I were to pass it, though, I think I'd try to set up some kind of screen and get that block and just maybe hit a big one that way. In the tee. Rolling to his left, looking to pass. Streaking down the field is Brett Mueller, but he has runs to the far and throws it out of bounds. And throws it, frankly, to the ugly bench. That's the closest receiver there. That was number 53, Guy Knoblock, <laughs> the intended receiver, the sophomore on the sidelines. We have reached halftime with the Ali Bearcats with a mere one-point lead over the Whiteford, Bobcat, or <laughs> Whiteford Bobcats on Sports Radio 1021. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We'll return after this. It's halftime, and the Ubley Bearcats lead the Whiteford Bobcats 7-6 to six after 24 minutes of play. Dave Hanson, how much tell us how we got to this game of a one-point ball game at halftime. Yeah, we had no scoring in the first quarter. Uh, very close touchdown overturned. Uh, Evan Pruski's he was down short in the end zone line, and then Otto Lake Whiteford goes 99 yards down the field, capped off by an Eitner 40-yard touchdown pass to Hunter DeBar. The two-point pass would fail, and Whiteford would lead 6-0. On the following drive, Hubley would go 80 yards all the way down the field, capped off by a Seth Maurer four-yard touchdown run, and Brett Mueller would tack on the very important PAT, and at halftime, Hubley leads Whiteford 7-6. 7-6. Last year, the LA Bearcats fumbled on their very first drive of the day. This time, they take it down to the half-yard line where an Evan Bruski's touchdown was called back. And for the record, that is the correct call. His knee was down to the half-yard line before he broke the plane of the end zone. So then, like Dave said, Whiteford responds with 99 yards. Oh, boy, this is going to be a good one because we had five total drives in that, in that first half. Obley's first drive, which was eight minutes and one second. Whiteford's first scoring drive, seven minutes and 48 seconds. Obley then a six minute and 40 second drive results in their score. Then Whiteford with a four and out punt, which nearly, the punt nearly didn't go off. As Colby Mesmerant, the snap went over his head and he had to boot that one. He averages 35 yards per punt. That one was 33 and he was a solid 10 yards behind where he normally punts. So that was about a 45 yard punt when all said and done. And then Obley can't connect in the final 31 seconds of the half which was really a bonus drive anyway. So now, Whiteford starts the second half with the ball. What are we going to see there? I think they got to get back to what they did in that drive where they scored. they got to get back into that double wing and just get back to pounding the rock. I, I think that's the best way to get back in this game. I, I know Whiteford wants to, you can tell, they want to pick up the pace. They, they want to make things happen. But I think if they can reestablish the run and then get back into a groove, then you'll see like a second down passing attempt. And that, that's going to be their chance to attack Ubley's defense. If Ubley knows you're going to pass the ball, you're going to be in trouble. They will bring the blitz. They will drop They will drop eight. They will do whatever it takes to stop the pass. But if you can get that running game going, kind of do what Ubley does against them, 
and then hit them with a pass like they did on that scoring drive, I think they can get back in and retake the lead. But for Ubley, it's it's continue to do more of the same things, right? They, they want to establish the run, and I loved it when they called play action on early downs, and I think you're going to have to do it again maybe two more times before this game is over, one on each of the next drives. Again, trusting that Evan Peruski is going to take care of the football, not counting the throwaway at the end of the half where it was just kind of a hope and a prayer anyways. The play where you drew, drew up, he was one for one. He hit him in stride, hit him for 18 yards. That is a big gain in a game like this, and I think it's going to take a couple more of them because if you remember what happened after that, back-to-back runs by Luke Vollmering, and Seth Maurer going for 10-plus yards, and instantly you get 20-plus 20, 20 yards in your next two carries, and just like that, you flip the field position, and now all momentum's on your side. So I think whatever team can get back to doing what they were doing and then hit them with a play-action pass or something big will kind of re-jumpstart and take the momentum back in this tennis match of momentum going back and forth. Well, just a moment ago, Kendall Anthes caught up with Eric Sweeney. And he had, he had this report to file with us. Down here with Coach Sweeney, how large was it to punch one in right there before the end of that half? Oh, that was huge for us. You know, we didn't quite take as much time off the clock as we wanted, but, you know, we came out and got a stop on defense. So, you know, uh, that was huge. I, I, You know, we drove it all the way down on that first drive and, you know, just didn't quite get it in. So, you know, it was huge for, I think, our kids' momentum to take a lead at half. Yeah, great. What's going to be the message going here, going into the second half? Oh, we just got to keep offensive. We got to keep doing what we're doing. I, I think that was a great half of football for us. That's that's our style of football, and you know, we just got to get a couple stops. Thank you. Good luck out there. So Dave Vance had nothing too surprising there from Eric Sweeney. Uh, business as usual, frankly. No, he just didn't mention blocking better. That, seemed, that typically <laughs> is the answer, right, guys? I mean, we just block better, we'll win, right? And that's but that, that we laugh, but that, that's literally the answer. That's what they do. They they are right to the the fine tooth comb of what they want to do. They they want their three backs to be mixed in fairly equally. Seth Maurer is kind of the lead back. Peruski is typically the grounded pound, the straight up the middle, and then they read the defense as a unit, as the coaching unit and decide where they can attack the most. And when we read you the stats, you will see the guy who's had the most success and why they're going to continue to keep attacking that point of the Whiteford defense. Yeah, Subley with a total of 179 yards of offense in that first half on 33 plays, resulting in one score. They're averaging 5.4 yards per play. Whiteford is actually averaging 5.9 on the day, but they've had 14 less plays of offense compared to the Ubley Bearcats. This time possession in favor of Ubley, 15 minutes and 12 seconds to Whiteford's 8 minutes in 48 seconds. So that's 63% for Ubley, just 37% for the Whiteford Bobcats. Rushing the ball, the Ubley Bearcats have run 31 times for 161 yards in one score, averaging 5.2 on the ground, their longest run, a 20-yard run from Evan Peruski. Seth Maurer, though, is the leading running back today, as it has been in the recent history aside from Kenneth Peruski. 16 carries for Maurer for 85 yards and a score. And carrying the ball 52% of the time today for the Bearcats. He had a big game last year in the state championship game. Last year, he ended up with 128 yards on 15 carries and two scores. Luke Vollmering with seven carries today for 34 yards. Evan Bruski four carries for 29 yards. And Cannon Bruski four carries for a hard 13 yards on the ground. Yeah, about what we thought. I mean, Evan Bruski, we knew, like, listen, uh, 
the bumpers are coming off. We've tried to rescue the best we can, but this is for everything. This is everything. This is your last this, game in high school. This class has been working for. They've, they've had a young team that's been starting for years. Evan Bruski, again, four-year starter, a quarterback. This is their last chance. So they take off all the guardrails, all the bumpers, all the pads. It's go time. And so I think four carries is perfect for him. Uh, they, they used it at, at crucial times. Whiteford didn't seem to expect it. And uh, so his runs have been important, but Seth Maurer has set the pace for the ugly Bearcat offense. He's been the go-to guy, and they and Whiteford doesn't seem to have an answer. So for me, out of this half, uh, I fully expect Whiteford to get back to basics here and drive down the field and punch, punch in some points, but I, I don't know if it'll matter. I don't know if they have an answer for this ugly Bearcat running game. Through the air, Evan Bruski is one for two in passing for 18 yards. Ryan Lehrman brought in that one reception. The second pass was to end the first half as he just threw that out of bounds. Whiteford with 47 yards on the ground on 15 carries through the air, four for four for 65 yards in the score for a total of 19 plays of offense for 112 yards in one score. Jake Iatt leads the rushing attack on seven carries for 25 yards. He's averaging 3.6 per carry. So he entered today with a 6.8 yard per carry average, so he's less than half there. And Ryan Ruddy, four carries for 11 yards, averaging 2.8. Hunter DeBar, three carries for 10 yards. And Drew Nags, one carry for one yard. Whiteford entered averaging far more yards than just 47 and a half. Uh, Ubley certainly slowing down the run game. Absolutely. But to be fair, Whiteford's had one real possession. True. So that most of that, that 99 of that came on the one possession. They they were not in a hurry. Their second possession came with 90 seconds to go in the second quarter. So they went spread, no huddle, throw it around. So you got to look at that. They had 112 yards basically on one series. So uh, they, they did what they want to do. Just, they, they are playing into the hand of Ubley Bearcat football. Limiting possessions by either team. Ubley Bearcats taking advantage of theirs and scoring on special teams. Trey Eitner, 4 for 4 through the air for 65 yards and a score. Ryan Ruddy, 2 receptions for 54 yards. Hunter DeBar, 2 receptions for 11 yards. And the lone score for the Whiteford Bobcats. Impressive numbers through the air, but as expected, Whiteford's big plays this season have come through the air. And Dan Banky, our spotter in our ears, certainly one of the best minds in football we have around, the best eyes in football, most certainly. Dan Banky, what did you think of that first half? I think Ubley controlled the ball really well. Um, if they keep opening those holes, I tell you what, all of us can run through them too. So I'm, I'm <laughs> nitpicking a little something. bit, and that's coming from uh, being a running back. When I was these Ubley running backs, if they make the correct cut, they're going they're going more than five yards or 15 yards at a time. It's, it's, it seems like compared to last year, there's there's yards and chunks out yes, there just for yep. the taking. They're for just kind of kind of a little bit tenant want to cut it everything inside instead yeah. of bouncing it after they get through the line of scrimmage and that might be a little bit coaching telling them to do that but like I said I'm nitpicking I was running back so that's what uh, <laughs> I got that's my little thing but the holes are drive trucks through them but yeah. we, well, we mentioned that a couple times yeah so the hole has been good and and we've noticed when they get to that next level we've already locked in four yeah they've tended to run into their guy yep. instead of bouncing off of them yep. so again yeah we are nitpicking but there are there's potential big play coming for the ugly running game it's it's waiting in the wind just to what dan said but the holes have been awesome the offensive line of the ugly bearcats we have not talked about them at all shame on us they're the ones winning this game for the ugly bearcats uh because they got pushed around on their series on defense yep. so for them to come back and, and not lose any steam on both of those drives or they went all the way down the field cashed in one of them uh they are setting the pace here for these backs and seth mauer is the one that's reaping most of the rewards on the ground and, and maybe, maybe uh, that's Ubley's game plan. They're setting them up in the second half. You might see those jump cuts yeah. out. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, you know. Well, it's been uh, 
heavily discussed as this is Eric Sweeney's final game as head coach for the Ugly Bearcats. What a stage to go out on and as it, at halftime with a one-point lead in tow over the Whiteford Bobcats. Yeah, what a way to do it. Go out on top is their goal. But uh, like I said, he, he's had a successful coaching regime regardless oh, of the outcome. Him, yeah. Regardless of the outcome of this game. He he's definitely was fortunate. Uh, they had some great athletes. But uh, like I said, he's helped lead them here. He is a part of the reason why they've done a good job. And uh, like I said, they, they really feel like they had it last year. And no butterflies, no nerves. Uh, we, we haven't seen... It's been a clean first half, no penalties, no drops, no nothing here to, to pick on on the negative side. Both teams doing what they do, but it feels like we are seeing an ugly-style football yes. game. Three real possessions in the first half. You could, you could throw out the last two possessions that those guys had. It was literally just a few seconds of trying to make force big plays to happen at the end of a half, getting field goal range, whatever that may look like. But when they've had their possessions, both teams have gone all the way down the field slow and steady. And I'm looking at Whiteford's running game, seeing three and a half yards of carry, 2.8 yards of carry on all his backs. Whiteford has to be patient. They have to continue to run the football because if you get into a situation where you're doing nothing but passing oh, against the other Bearcats. It resulted in a punt. It will result in a punt. You will get sacked. You will turn it over. You will set yourself up with third and longs, and Ubley will feast. They have to continue to run the football, and then once they've lured Ubley in, that's when you can hit them for a pass. That's when they are vulnerable, and uh, they're not great in one-on-one -on -one coverage. But... If they know it's coming, they have Evan Peruski back there as their ball hawk looking to create double teams on both sides of the field in the passing game. If Whiteford's going to have to not look at the 47 yards rushing they have and continue to pound the rock. For Ubley, 161 yards on the ground. Uh, not much going to change for them in the second half. 7-6 to six ball game. The two best teams in the state in Division 8 going head-to-head -head for the state title. And it's the, near, the, the smallest margin you can have, one point. Aside from a tie ball game, seven to six, Ubley after 24 minutes of play, and we are ready to start the second half in just a moment. Whiteford won the toss to begin this game. They elected to re to defer to the second half, so they will be receiving the ball from Brett Mueller, more likely from the 20 yard line. If I were a betting man out here, uh, but that is not the case. I don't think uh, sports betting has gotten to the high school level yet. It certainly seems like we're fast approaching that line, though, Dave. Uh, yes, that is a very uh, tedious line that they would cross, but it sure feels like they'll do anything to uh, keep people on those apps. <laughs> well, impressive showing. Very pleased with the normally, like you said, Dave, the butterflies, the jitters of being here on a on a big stage. Those certainly aren't here for Ubley. This is the third in four years being here in Ford Field, and it, it certainly shows. They came out determined. They came out. Uh, kind of eye on the prize they knew what to do the it, this stadium is certainly always going to feel overwhelming i mean taylor swift performed here you know <laughs> but <laughs> had to get that in there somewhere but when you look at it ugly came out knowing their game plan they stuck to ugly football and it really shows and it certainly expect to go into the second half here with that same mentality yeah they, they've won the physicality battle in the trenches i mean especially on the offensive side and i'm not saying i thought they would lose that but i certainly thought whiteford would go mano mano man yeah, man as and, and, and it would be sort of a stalemate but uh both teams offensively have created lanes to run through um whiteford has utilized their their rushing momentum and turned it into more passing plays, more success that way. But Ubley um, has the ability to do that if they want to, but right now they don't need to. Brett Mueller's kick goes well into the end zone by five, six yards for a touchback. So Whiteford will start out at their own 20-yard line on the right side of your radio. 
Marching right to left across the radio as they trail the LB Bearcats 7-6 to start this third quarter. Yeah, it sure feels like uh, the way that first quarter went where each team got one possession and they were long drives, methodical drives, six-plus minute drives down the field that Whiteford really needs to win the field position battle here and get down the field and, and get past the, the midway mark and potentially even score if they want if they want to reclaim this lead and, and stay in the game because probably has the momentum. But this but why you defer? This is where this is where you want to get that second half momentum on your side, go down the field and try to get some points. Trey Eitner is back at quarterback from Ryan Ruddy who finished the second half at quarterback and this is a handoff to Jake Eyant. He gets out for a solid four yards out to the twenty-four yard line before he's stopped by Cannon Bruski. Whiteford had a solid hole to start the second half on a first and ten, now makes it a second down and six from the twenty-four. It's kind of what we figured, right? Come back into their double wing, get back into their original game plan. It worked on your first real drive of the half. They went down the field and scored. They get right back into that, right back to those two backs, uh, DeBar and company, right to left, getting those three, three and a half yards on first down. They mark it at the 23 for a seven yard yards to go for the first down for Whiteford. They trail Ubley 7-6, 11 minutes, 20 seconds left in this third quarter. It's a screen out to the right side to Hunter DeBar. Breaks out of one, blows past a one tackle, I should say. And it's chased out of bounds by Evan Peruski at the 32-yard line to move the chains for a nine-yard reception by Hunter DeBar. First and 10 for Whiteford. Yep, so they take that extra guy and put him out there in, in the slot. And now you have two receivers. And looking on defense, it's one-on-one. -on -one. There's no safety help over the top. And there's probably about seven to eight yards of soft coverage by the Bearcat corners. So what they do is the slot receiver, he drops back two yards. The outside receiver runs right into the corner, and they create a pick. And then that screenplay works really well, because all he's got to do is win a one-on-one -on -one battle. Hunter DeBar gets the handoff, and he tries to cut it downfield. Then he tries his best Barry Sanders impression, but then Evan Bruski chases him all the way back to the 26-yard line for a tackle for a loss of five yards. So all four progress was stopped and then taken back by five. So that was sets up a second down in 15 for the Whiteford Bobcats. Yeah, and, and DeBar there, he, he just outruns his blockers, right? If he, if he was more patient on that run, the hole opens up in the middle, but he outruns those blocks, and when he gets around the outside, remember, his guys are blocking for him to cut to the inside, so he blocks those guys right into him and then just let Evan Peruski come flying in from the secondary to chop him down for a big loss. Two receivers wide right. Trey Eitner stays in the pocket, throwing downfield right down the middle, and it's going to be brought in and hits the hands at the 42 of Ubley. And Hunter DeBar cannot bring in the pass as Evan Peruski with great coverage there to break up that pass. That would have been a huge shot downfield for the Whiteford Bobcats if brought in. Instead, DeBar cannot bring it in, and now it's a third and 15 from their own 26-yard line. And just... You could say it was just a hair overthrown, but it was in the outstretched arms of number four right through his hands, and a play that I, I think he normally makes. I, I think that's a pretty good throw as I watched that replay. That, that was a pretty good throw. I thought Ryan Lehrman felt like he was in double team underneath coverage there. I thought he was going to pick it off. That ball just sailed over his head. Very good throw, and a, a bullet dodged by the Bearcat defense and they're going to have to expect this again. Got to believe Whiteford is very comfortable standing back in the pocket throwing it again. The ugly faithful stand their feet and they throw it downfield and this one is overthrown but a flag flies as Colby Mazarin was ripped down to the ground before he had an opportunity to bring in that pass and this is going to result in a pass interference and a first to him They're going to get Evan Peruski. He gets there too quick. Is he, he goes for the leg tackle before the ball is there. I, I think it's going to be an easy call. But uh, for quarterback Trey Eitner, he's got to be patient. That receiver was going to angle to the sideline and get wide open. He threw it too pass quick. Pass interference, defense. 
And so it's 15 yards from the original spot, which is exactly 15 yards from the line to gain. So they're going to mark this one off from the 26, march off 15 yards. This is going to put them pretty much the nose of the football right at the 42-yard line and a very well result in a first down. Yeah, so that, that, left hand, that left hand of Evan Peruski is on the left hip of the receiver, diving to try and swat the ball away. His left hand is completely held the interference, defense, holding that hip. Still third down. So instead of, it was third and 16, realistically. So it's third down and one for Whiteford. Yeah, we'll say uh, a half a yard to go there. But nonetheless, a devastating penalty there. And it bails out Whiteford and now a chance to get another first down. Trey Eitner under center. They hand it off to Drew Neggs, their big fullback in the backfield. And he gets out to the 42. And this will be enough to move the chains. Drew Neggs has 117 carries now on the day for the season for 646 yards and 11 scores. Moves the chains, first and 10 at the 42 for Whiteford. You said he had 117 carries. I was wondering if he season. had more than 117 yards to go with it because <laughs> he's got two carries today and just two yards. I think they both went for first downs, but that's about all that they, they need him to do is grind that thing ahead. He's a big body. He is not going one way or the other. It's going to be straight ahead, and he's fortunate to get one. Ubley does a good job of standing him up. If this tells you anything, Drew Nags averages 5.6 per carry entering today. Today he's averaging one. To hand off to Jake I comes around the left side and the white jersey swarm to him at the 45 after a three-yard gain leading the charge for the ugly defense. Colton Oswald starting cornerback and a junior on this defense side for the orange and black out to the 45-yard line, second down and seven. Unbiased opinion here. And those ugly Bearcats are hitting <laughs> way harder than Whiteford is. Way I fully expect it again. An equal side of that, thinking the same thing. That man, they hit hard. Man, Ubley hits hard. It, it, it ain't even close. Uh, the Ubley Bear guy, Colton Oswald, uh, you don't always call his number very often in a game on defense. He comes up and absolutely hammers Jake Iatt there on that run. And uh, he's only going to get three yards on that play. Jake Iatt with another handoff, and he's uh, hit at the 47 and doesn't get very far beyond that. They mark him down to the 49, as Cannon Peruski had his hat on that one and certainly had a heck of a hit there. And Jake has certainly felt that one. Third down and short, third down and a long three for Whiteford. Yeah, but for Whiteford, uh, yes, they're taking these hits, but they're still getting that three and four yards that a good run first team needs to have to keep the chains moving. And uh, with, with it being a yard short of midfield, I don't see why you panic here and throw the ball. I think you just keep running the football, try, grind out another first down, attack all through the air on first and second down. And it's a handoff to number four. Hunter DeBar, and he's going to be short of the line again. He gets across midfield right at the 50, but that's as far as he goes as Skyler Smith closed down that hole and only allows a yard gain. Fourth down, a yard, actually gain of two. Fourth down, just one yard to go for Whiteford right at midfield as it's 7-6, Ubley leading Whiteford with 8 minutes and 15 seconds left in the third quarter. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a full two-yard short, guys. Uh, I don't think they I don't think they gave him one on that play. Right under center, they're going to go quickly here. And Trey Eitner is under center and now looks to the sideline for the call. Double wings, everyone's inside tight. Drew Nags just two yards behind Trey Eitner, who's under center. There's the snap, and they hand it off to Jake Iatt. He's going to be stopped at the midfield, and he's going to be stopped! A heck of a stop for the only defense there! And it's going to result in a turnover on downs, and Whiteford comes up empty-handed on their first possession of the second half. A huge swing of momentum in favor of the LB Bearcats. 
deeper onto their sideline. And now with a one-point lead in tow, the Elmer Bearcats back on the field in midfield. It may not have matter, but I think Whiteford should have ran that play right from the get-go. The, yeah. the, the more time they took, the more you let the cerebral ugly Bearcats get in their position, get the communication going, and there was no hole to run through. It just felt like the whole time they were going to go to Jake Iatt, and then they hesitated, got a new call, and went to Jake Iatt, and the ugly Bearcats were all over it. No gain on the play, and Ubley makes the first, the biggest stop of the game here at a ball. They will take over at midfield. With 7.50 remaining in the third quarter, leading 7-6, to six, and it's Seth Maurer bouncing it out to the outside. Is at the 45 of Whiteford and runs out of bounds at the 40-yard line for a 10-yard gain force out of bounds by Colby Mazran, outside linebacker and a senior. Seth Maurer rumbling down the field for a 10-yard gain. It's a lot easier to explain this to you guys, and you can watch this replay, but please watch Candon Peruski absolutely eliminate Ryan Ruddy on that play, setting the edge and allowing Seth Maurer to get up the sideline in a big play on first down. First and 10 for the Bearcats, marching now into Whiteford territory at the 40-yard line, leading 7-6, 7-44 left in the third quarter. Off the left hash, straight G formation. It's a handoff to Luke Vollmering. Cuts up field at the 42, and forward progress. He pushes him all the way out in a scrum out to the 41, maybe the 42-yard line with all said and done. This means that's the 37-yard line. Tackle made by Whiteford's 26, Jake Iant. And a gain of a hard-fought three yards. Second down and seven. At just uh, Ottawa's not getting any penetration on, on these running plays. Uh, the holes are still quite big to run through. You're, you're seeing like even Luke Vollmering there make a nice cut as he's even with the defensive lineman. That allows him to get from a one-yard gain to a minimum of a three-yard gain. And on to Seth Maurer, comes up from the left gap and gets across the 40 or 35 down to the 33 and a half. Tackle made by Connor Bott, junior defensive tackle for Whiteford. And a third down in mid-range, third down in short, frankly. Third down in three to go for the Bearcats. Well, that time Ryan Ruddy tacks that a little bit differently. He gets a, he gets away from Candon Peruski and gets into the backfield. And then that forces Seth Maurer to cut back to the middle where the rest of the defense is. And a, a modest gain on that play. Third down and three from the 33 of Whiteford with a one-point lead. Seven to six. Six and a half to play in the third quarter. Evan Peruski and the Bearcats under center. Hand off to Cannon Peruski, and he's upended short of the line to gain at the 31-yard line, a yard short of the first down marker. Tackle made by Colby Mazaran, outside linebacker, his 10th tackle of the day. Fourth down, a yard to go from the Whiteford 31. Yeah, nice run there by Cannon Peruski, but again, he gets through the line of scrimmage, and instead of going straight ahead, he kind of cuts to the outside, and that's right where the traffic is. He cuts to the left, and he gets brought down by extra defenders, but fourth down and one, no problem for the Bearcats. Uh, Seth Maurer's got 18 carries, 99 yards. He's the guy you got to keep an eye on. Under center, on a fourth and one is a handoff to Luke Vollmer. He has it with no question. He got five when all's done. Actually, six yards down to the 25-yard line, and finally stopped by Jake Iatt, middle, middle linebacker Luke Vollmering. Gets the first down with ease. Move the chains. First and 10 from the Whiteford 25. Yeah, same play, just opposite way, right? Both of those backs on the outside, whether it's Falming, whether it's Maurer, both now trending up. And then their yards per carry is if Seth, Seth Maurer's over five and a half yards now on his carries. They've just been unable, Whiteford has been unable to seal off the middle and then get to that tackle guard spot, that extra gap. They haven't been able to fill it, and Seth Maurer's been making him pay, and Vollmering did on that one. Left right across the radio, it's a handoff to Luke Vollmering, cuts back up midfield and falls forward out to about the 18-yard line before he's stopped 
by Chevy Alexander. The sophomore defensive tackle tracks him down from behind. After a gain of seven, second down in seven. Upcoming for Ubley as they continue to just methodically march down the field and try and attack on their second score of the day. Wearing down this defense. They, they are Those run plays in the first half were three, four, and five. They're turning into four, five, and six now. Grinding this clock, pushing themselves into the red zone of Whiteford. Ubley's had been on offense for over 18 minutes in this ballgame already. Hand off to Seth Maurer, finds a gap in the left side of that line, gets lowers the shoulder across the 15, and gets the first down on a second and three, and it's a stop made by Jake Iad for Whiteford, but not until after the first down marker. At the 14-yard line, it's first and 10 for Ubley. Continue to grind it out, right? Seth Maurer does his job, gets that first down, and it's crucial because now Ubley can still get another first down on their way to attack the end zone. First and 10 for the Orange and Black, trying to extend this one-point lead to seven or more points. Evan Bruski under center. Hand off to Seth Maurer, bounces outside, cuts up field out right on the numbers at the 11, maybe the 12-yard line for a two-yard gain. Jake Iatt blew that play up before it really could start to develop outside. Gain of two, second down and eight. Yeah, and that's Ryan Ruddy's side of the field. And like I said, he, he, is, he is just completely going right in the back. I am not allowing you to get the sideline. Forces Seth Maurer to cut back. And when he does, he sees Jake Iatt coming. So he does the best thing you can do at that point. Dive ahead. Take what you can get. Don't try to outmuscle him. He's got the angle. He's got the leverage. So Seth Maurer does a smart job. Just dives ahead. Give him two. Second down and eight. Second down and eight from the... 11-yard line of Voidford. Off the left hash. Far right side for radio. Quarterback keeper for Evan Bruski breaks out of one tackle. He's at the 10-yard line. Cuts up field and can't hang on to the corner. And he's brought down at the 8-yard line, maybe even the 9. But mark him down at the 8, as in the Colby Mazarant brings him down in space. And we have a Whiteford player down. That would be number 57, Trent Ulrich. A defensive end. He's the one who actually brought in the fumble last year on that first drive. He's also the backup center and right guard. Only plays on defense. So third down, five to go for the Ubley Bearcats at the nine-yard line of Whiteford. Ubley seven, Whiteford six. Evan Bruski had to do some Evan Bruski-like things because Mason DeBark, a sophomore, comes flying into the backfield, not fooled by any of the fakes, and actually hits Evan Bruski as soon as he's starting to run that play. Bruski's able to shake him off. You can see when he gets outside, he could just could not make that cut to make that guy miss like we're used to seeing. So Whiteford gets a break there and makes a stop, bring up third down. So it's a march in the trenches, and it's a handoff to Seth Maurer. Has a lead blocker of Cannon Bruski in front of him, kind to cut the corner, and there is Whiteford to stop him in the backfield. Back at the 11-yard line, Drew Nags, defensive tackle, got in the backfield, cut off the corner, and Seth Maurer had nowhere to run. It's going to be a loss of two on the play, and now a fourth and seven. For the Ubley Bearcats at the Whiteford 11-yard line, do you go for the points here and trot out Brett Mueller for the field goal for three points? I, I would take the points. Uh, again, fourth down and four, fourth down and, or, or less than that, absolutely, I am going for it. But when I have Brett Mueller as a weapon, I'm, ta I'm taking the points and uh, not thinking twice about it. They're going for it. On a fourth and seven from the 11-yard line. In the T formation, off the left hash. Evan Bruski rolling to his right, looking to pass downfield. He's taking his time, has time to throw, and it's brought in by Ryan Lehrman inside the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley. Ryan Lehrman brings in the fourth and seven pass into the end zone. He's hobbling, but he doesn't care because that's the second score of the day for the Ubley Bearcats, and now they lead 13-6 over Whiteford. A huge touchdown in this third quarter. Yeah, that's a big boy call there by Eric Sweeney, and it works out to a T. You trust your senior quarterback. You get him rolling out uh, to his right. 
and he's still going to come across his body and throw it, but there's three options. There's a dump off back. There's two ends coming around the outside from left to right, and eventually they lose track of the one in the middle, and that's number 20, Ryan Lehrman, and a perfect throw by Evan Peruski to hit Lehrman in the middle of the end zone. Nobody near him, and that is a touchdown as Mueller comes on to attack a very important PAT here. An 11-yard reception for Ryan Lehrman. Makes it now 13-6 as Brent Mueller's kick goes through the uprights, and it is now 14-6. Oblique sends her lead to eight points with two minutes and 14 seconds left in the third quarter. Obli with all momentum on their side, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide, somewhat at WLWSports.com. certainly feels like this is starting to shape up for a championship run here for the ugly Bearcats. Don't want to put the cart before the horse by any means, but they just marched 50 yards in 5 minutes and 36 seconds and threw on a fourth down conversion with Ryan Lehrman bringing an 11-yard reception. He now has two receptions for 29 yards and a score on the day. Had a reception last week, which was huge, and uh, certainly making a count is now just five receptions on the season. Just over 100 yards, and now three scores on his five receptions. Brett Mueller's kick, well, perhaps the most impressive of the day. Six yards into the end zone, seven yards for a touchback. And the Whiteford Bobcats now trailing by eight points with two minutes and 14 seconds left in the third quarter. Starts at their own 20-yard line. Uncomfortable territory yes. for the Bobcats. This is not an area that they have experienced almost at any time in the last two seasons. This team just does not trail anybody. They've blown out every opponent they've played. They've they've won handily. So to find themselves down a full score late in a game is very uncharacteristic territory. Typically by this time, their starters are out of the game and celebrating on the sideline. Yeah. They got some work to do, and this ugly defense is no joke. And they are this drive matters to them. I, I feel, firmly feel the next team to get a stop on defense is going to win this state championship. So if Ubley gets it here, they are in the driver's seat. Must score for Whiteford. So Whiteford runs out their offense for just the fourth time this season. As Todd Teakin, the head coach for the Whiteford Bobcats, not too pleased, and this is going to be a almost a delay of the game. And time so out. Whiteford has Whiteford. to spend a very, very key timeout here. So now they have just two remaining for the remaining 14 minutes of this ballgame. Shaking your head because it, it comes off of a kickoff that was going through the end zone, so I'm not sure what took so long to get that play out there. But you said it. This is part of the issue. When Unfamiliar you, territory. No doubt about it, but this is part of the issue when you have two quarterbacks. The old saying is if you yeah. have two quarterbacks, you have none. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what Trey Eitner did Michigan to, State must have about seven, though, that's good. Uh, Sorry. Anything over two means none, I guess. So okay. In that case, you would be correct. <laughs> uh, but again, so yeah, they switch. They switch number two. They they got Ryan, Ryan Ruddy, Ruddy back there. under center. I'm not sure what Trey Eitner did to to uh, not be in this game. He throws a very nice football, but uh, we'll see what Ryan Ruddy can do here. Well, he's thrown for nearly 500 yards in the season. He throws this one downfield at midfield, and this one's going to be underthrown as that was Colby Mazrant was trotting down at the 45 of Ubley, and it bounced to the 50 behind him. Good coverage there from the secondary of Ubley. Number 32, that would be Colton Oswald, junior cornerback, 5'8", 165-pound junior, Ubley Bearcat. 
Falls incomplete, second down and 10 from the 20. Yeah, th there was a step between him and the receiver. Th th there was a chance for a huge play there for Masseran, but uh, the big thing is, is that ball was thrown out of bounds. Yeah. yeah, it did come up a little short, but even if Masserant finds it, locates it, I don't know how he gets a foot in bounds. Uh, so I like the play call, don't like the pass. It was no, no chance for your guy to catch it. Rolling right, throwing downfield to Masserant. This one is brought into 30 and runs out of bounds for the first down for a 11-yard gain on the reception from Ryan Ruddy to Colby Masserant. Move the chains out to the 31. Tackle made in coverage by number five, Colin Ozentoski. Mazarant's streak can continue, Clark. Uh, so we're waiting for him to catch yeah. a ball in this game. And with 2.02 to go, he finally does get his first reception. He's now caught a pass in every single game for the Bobcats this season. And uh, if they're going to be behind, they sure look like they're comfortable going to throw the ball here early and often. He might get a few more targets for this game. Ryan Ruddy pitches it out to Hunter DeBar coming around the sweep to the left side. He bounces off his first tackle at the 45, which is the 35, and gets out to the 38-yard line before he's stopped by Evan Peruski for about a seven-yard gain. Out to the 37-and-a-half-yard line. Second down and three to go. Yeah, Ubley's been putting together anywhere you know, when, when they have to go the full length of the field. Six to nine-minute drive. So if, if you're doing a little math there, Bobcats, if they want to get the ball back with any decent amount of time, they're going to have to pick up the pace and score here in the next, I would say, roughly three to four minutes to have any chance, especially if Ubley goes all the way down the field, to score again. In the same formation, Mazarin wide left, and he brings it in the screen pass at the 43. Gets out to the 45, still on his feet, actually, to the 47. And they say he was down at the 47. Tackle made by Aiden Kohler. Defensive tackle junior comes out of the flats to bring him down. So from the 37 of their own territory out to the 46 for a nine-yard reception for Colby Mazarin, who's the leading receiver all time, holds the school record for most touchdowns, most receptions, and most receiving yards in school history. And it's not even a screen pass. It was just this coverage is so soft that he just takes about three steps and stops, and there's an easy 10 yards of, of difference between him and his corner. So it's a quick pass, and then they allow Mas it allows Masserant to then square up his body, make a move on the corner, and he gets an easy nine on that throw and catch. Less than a minute to play in the third quarter. Ubley 14, Whiteford 6, the Bobcats on offense. And they hand it off to Jake Iant. Gets out to about the 48-yard line when all said and done for a scrum of a yard. Number 21, Cannon Bruski on the tackle for the Ubley Bearcats. Gain of a yard, second down and nine. And the play clock, clock under 30 seconds here in the third quarter. And, and if I'm if I'm Whiteford, I feel like with 30 seconds, I need to call a play and get out there and run yeah. one. I, I think time is not on your side, and I think utilizing that without being in a hurry, getting out there and running a play is kind of important here. Game clock and play clock has a one-second difference, so they do not need to take a snap, but they certainly need as many chances as they can against this stout, ugly defense today. Rolling to his left, Ryan Ruddy looks the throw. Nothing there. Now he's up scrambling. There's white jerseys bringing him down to the 44. Seth Maurer brings him down as well as Luke Vollmering for the sack back inside the 45. And that will bring the end of the first end of the third quarter with a huge defensive play for the Ubley Bearcats. And we are headed for the final quarter in the Division 8 state championship game with the Ubley Bearcats leading by eight points. Ubley 14, Whiteford 6 on the WLW Sports Network. Just 12 minutes remain 
in the Division 8 State Championship. And the Ilby Bearcats are leading the Whiteford Bobcats 14-6. 12 minutes stand behind in between the Ilby Bearcats in their first state title in school history. An eight-point lead, 12 minutes to go. Your defense is on the field. Just ended the third quarter with a big sack. It is third down and 11. Ball on, ball on their own 45-yard line of Whiteford. Uh, this is a must-have for them. We said we've, they have not been able to stop the, the Ubley Bearcats when they've been on offense. And for me, Whiteford has to find a way to get this first down and continue this drive. Have any chance to get back in this game? Whiteford will start out facing a third and 11 from their own 45-yard line as this fourth quarter. We'll begin in a few moments. It looks like we just had a punt, pass, and kick competition on the field. And it went, well, as you'd expect. Not well. Not well. As a good turnout here from Whiteford and Ubley. Looks like Ubley very well has more fans here than Whiteford. By maybe double. As, uh, frankly, Ubley might have more fans here than Michigan State had at the end of the game yesterday. <laughs> against Penn State. Doug Cole was here. He can confirm that is the case. Uh, so, mostly Penn State fans at the end of that game, understandably. But Dave, we're hearing, <laughs> we're seeing perhaps a historical moment here in the Ubley program. They, it, It's not like they need to do this to do that. It's just continue doing what you've done for the last 13 and three quarters games and you're going to bring home a state title. It's to keep the things you've been doing for 50 years, right? Just continue to take, take care of the football. Follow your gaps, understand where the play's supposed to go, and, and hit it, and hit it hard. And instead of two yards, you'll get three and four, and you'll continue to move the chains, and the offense will never get back on the field for the opposing team. But right now, your defense uh, has been the catalyst of this program for quite a long time, and uh, they're going to be asked to make a big stop here. And their advantage, uh, third down and a long 11, as Whiteford uh, will go under center here with number one at quarterback. Trey Eitner back in at quarterback, staying in the pocket, looking to pass. Pocket holds, now he has a white jersey in front of him. He has to scramble, rolling to his right, throws it downfield, and this one is well overthrown. Passes in 10 for Ryan Ruddy. As number 65 for the LB Bearcats found himself in the backfield, Austin Gentner, defensive end and a senior, was tracking him down at a hurried pace and had to hurry off that pass from Trey Eitner. Just a freshman, Trey Eitner but a uh, long lineage of football in his, in his family. Dad played football at Toledo. Brother's the quarterback for the 2017 team for Whiteford. And Trey Eitner's older brother, Thomas Eitner, went on to play baseball at Toledo in Division One. Now it's a fourth down in 11 for Whiteford. And do they punt this one or do they try and go for it and try and turn something into play into points? For, for, for their coach, it would, <laughs> it would have been nice to get about six or seven yards there and then go for it. But... With 11 yards, I, I just I, I have to punt this ball away. Interesting formation, and it's now they're going to scrum this scrub king. This one is partially blocked, and it's brought into the 40-yard line. Big man, 76, Mitchell Foot got his hand on it, partially blocked that punt, and it is a chip shot of a punt when all said and done. So Ubley will take over at their own 40-yard line with great field position and an eight-point lead in tow with 11.43 remaining in the fourth quarter. Well, there was no doubt. He had eyes on his wide receiver. He was looking to see if he could make that throw before getting rid of it. And I'm, I'm not so sure if it was Foot or if it was Austin Gettner, but they were both there at the same time. And either way, that ball's deflected. They're lucky it advanced if you're Whiteford, but it's good field position for the Ubley Bearcats. Defense answers the bell, and now driver's seat for the Ubley Bearcats. We have a timeout on the field with 11.43 left in the fourth quarter. It's Ubley 14, Whiteford 6 in the W. LW Sports Hour. 
11 minutes, 43 seconds remain in the fourth quarter of the Division 8 state title. And the Elby Bearcats have the ball in their possession. They lead Whiteford 14-6, eight points in the favor of the Bearcats. And it seems like all systems are firing and operating at 100% capacity today. Absolutely. They, they've done their job at all three phases of the game. That's what they do. And you're looking at two very important extra points that they've made so far. You can't take care, you know, take away from that. And they even had that touchdown reversed off the board on their first yeah. first series. Didn't bother them at all. They, they put their defense in the driver's seat. Whiteford was able to score on that drive, but they have been completely taken out of their game plan. LB Bearcats have forced Whiteford to do things that they don't want to do. And uh, kind of feels like the opposite of last year's game, right? Ubley had to kind of go to the spread, do some different things at the end of the game. Not what they wanted to do. Well, roll is completely reversed as they've held Colby Masserant in check. The running game has done nothing for Whiteford. And now this Ubley offense that has been successful is back on the field. They started their own 40-yard line first and 10. It's a handoff to Luke Vollmering. Has room to run. And he's upended the 47-yard line after an easy seven-yard gain. Stephen Masserant, the outside linebacker and a senior, brings him down just three yards short of the first down marker. Second down and actually second down and two as after an eight-yard game. Yeah, give him eight, and everybody in the building knows it's going to be a running play, <laughs> but you can't stop it. It's one of those things where uh, they are just blocking the way that they're supposed to be blocking, and those guys are hitting those holes, and there's no linebackers to be found. They're, they are not locating the football very well, and uh, now it's time to let that play clock go down as far as possible and grind out this clock. Ten seconds on the play clock. Hubbley settles under center. Evan Bruski surveys the defense. Straight T behind him. Another handoff to Luke Vollmering. Hits the line, and he's met right at midfield. It's going to be just shy of the first down marker by about a half a yard at the 49 and a half. Tackle made by R.J. Cornett, defensive tackle senior for Whiteford. Third down, less than a yard to go for the LA Bearcats as the clock continues to roll. They're milking the clock for all of its worth right now. Ten minutes and 40 seconds remain in the state championship. Yeah, like I said, this is this is where they want to be. They want to lead, and they want the football in the fourth quarter because they, they grind out first downs and grind down the clock as good as anybody we've ever seen. Leading 14-6 over Whiteford. The LA Bearcats now in the line of scrimmage facing a third in inches. Play clock under 10. Evan Bruski still is not settled under Caleb Ratcliffe. There he goes. Hand off to Seth Maurer. Turns up field. Has the first down. Bounces off his first tackle. Bounces off his second tackler. And he takes him for a free three-yard ride all the way down to the 42-yard line. That's Colby Mazarin, outside linebacker and a senior, who brings him down finally, but not until well after the line of gain after eight yards. After that, it moved the chains into Whiteford territory. No doubt about it. Seth Maurer just bruising, punishing these bags. Well over 100 yards now on the ground. Pacing the way for the Ubley Bearcat offense right to left around that line of scrimmage. And as soon as he cuts, there is, again, nobody there. Typically, you would see a linebacker taking away the edge and then the middle linebacker and the outside one on the opposite side rotating over to chop that down for a three-yard gain. Nowhere to be found, and Maurer hits him for a big run. Evan Bruski hands it off to Cannon Bruski, rumbling down the field and brings him down at the 30-yard line. Would be Mason DeBar, defensive end as Cannon Bruski looked like he was running downhill there. Started at the zone 42, gets all the way down to the 30 for a 12-yard game. Yeah, that's that's by far, by far you know his his best run of the game there. He's he's been he's been a little stymied in this game, but that time he bounces right off that offensive lineman. Uh, no, can't stop him there. You can't arm tackle him. He will bully right through you. Dragon defenders powered his way for another ugly first down. That's just a sixth carry for Cannon Bruski today. Now with 27 yards this morning as we are approaching high noon right now. Evan Bruski under center. Three-man backfield to play clock at seven. 
There's the snap, and it's a handoff to Luke Vollmering. Finds a gap on the right side of that line. It's going to take two blue jerseys to bring him down at the 25-yard line. Ryan Ruddy comes up to meet him and brings him down after just a modest five-yard gain. Second down and five upcoming for the LB Bearcats, leading Whiteford 14-6. Modest is absolutely right, Clark. That's a five yards. Uh, Whiteford don't figure something out here very quick. This game is all done. They, they have to slow down this running game somehow. Ubley just coming right at you. They haven't even done anything crazy yet. They've just one after the other, whether it's Peruski, Maurer, Vollmering, it hasn't seemed to matter as uh, all running backs right now averaging five yards or more per carry. Hubbley looking to tack on another score for an insurance run. It's second and five from their own from the Whiteford 25-yard line, leading eight by eight points already with 8.24 remaining in the fourth quarter. It's a handoff to Cannon Peruski up the middle. He gets down to the 21-yard line for a four-yard gain, and forward progress is stopped by Logan Riffle, sophomore defensive tackle. Yeah, but they still can't stop this running game, right? You get you get down to third down and one. The offensive line and these running backs have won this series of moving the chains. And with third down and one, uh, look for Ubley to continue to pound the rock. And you pick the number because it doesn't seem to matter right now. Whoever Ubley hands it off to, that offensive line is moving bodies right now, hitting their full stride here in the first quarter. And Whiteford can't figure out what's coming next. Third down, one yard to go with the 21 of Whiteford. Probably leading by eight points, 14 to six, 7.44 and counting here in the fourth quarter. Evan Bruski under center, hands it off to Seth Maurer, reverses field up right up the middle. He's still on his feet yeah. and inside the 10-yard line, finally brought down at the nine. A 12-yard gain that should have been about three in Seth Maurer doing what he did all season and moves the chains down inside the 10. First in goal to go from the nine-yard line. Tackle made by Whiteford's number 14, Mason DeBar, defensive end. And we talked about it at halftime. Those cuts back to the middle are now the right cuts to make. That should have been a three-yard gain, but he makes the cut back to the middle of the field, and there's nobody there. Seth Maurer is able to bounce off one of them linebackers coming over, and he tackles him forward for another nice gain and move the chains first down and goal for the Bearcats. And Stefan Mazarant cleans up the tackle there to finish off that play, but it's first and goal for the LB Bearcats at the eight-yard line. Of Whiteford, already leading by a score. And out to Seth Maurer, same exact play, and gets inside the five, down to about the three before he's stopped for a five-yard game. Tackle made by Jake Iad this time, the senior middle linebacker for Whiteford. Second down, goal to go from the three-yard line, 6.45 and counting. That's perfect. As much as you uh, you can't wait to score for the Ugly Bearcats, the longer it takes you to get in, the less life Whiteford has in their offense because this, as time winds down, six and a half minutes to go here in this game, four yards puts you up a full two scores and makes it very tough for Whiteford to figure out how to get in the end zone twice with that little time left. Second down, goal to go from the four-yard line, according to the spot. Straight T formation, Evan Bruski in her center, hands it off to Luke Vollmering, gets a lead blocker. Touchdown. Touchdown to the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley. Make it two possessions. 6-13 remains in the fourth quarter, and Ubley is now leading 20-6 with an extra point from Brett Mueller on the way. The lead is now 14 points, potentially 15 in a moment with 6.13 remaining in the fourth quarter. Oh, seal it off, bring out the closer. That is exactly what you needed, this offense on the field with a lead, trying to grind out clock, and it ends up with an extra six points and the seventh on its way. Luke Vollmering with the score. Brett Mueller awaiting the kick. And he is now perfect on the day. His third PAT of the day makes him now 76 of 81 on the season. Media timeout. And now has 220 PATs on the seat on his career. 
And more importantly, the Albany Bearcats now lead by 15 points with half of the fourth quarter to go. That's it right here on the WLW Sports Network. Albany drops a bomb and now leads by two possessions with six minutes and 13 seconds remaining in the Division 8 State Championship. It's Albany 21, Whiteford 6. As this ball game has been all Albany Bearcats, they've been on offense for 63% of the time, controlling the clock, controlling the pace, and keeping Whiteford off the field on offense. Whiteford with just 151 yards on the day, resulting in one score through the air. Albany with 53 plays for 288 yards that last drive. Nine plays, 60 yards, five minutes and 30 seconds, capped off with a Luke Vollmering four-yard run. Yeah, you can tell that the game was won in the trenches. The Albany Bearcats in the trenches have won this game. They had one series where Whiteford had the edge, but after that, they couldn't do anything else. The Albany Bearcats defensively have won in the trenches, slowed down this running game. Whiteford is averaging 2.4 yards per carry. That won't cut it, especially when Ubley is over double that on the offensive side. At 5.2 per carry for the Bearcats. Brett Mueller's kick goes right to left across your radio, and it comes in one yard inside the end zone, and that is an automatic touchback as Ryan Ruddy brought it in there. So Whiteford will start out, as always, at their own 20-yard line, trailing by two possessions by 15 points with 6 minutes and 13 seconds remaining in regulation. Yeah, and as this game has shook out, I think Whiteford switching out quarterbacks now has hurt them because now they have yep. two quarterbacks and neither one of them have had any sort of rhythm, any sort of constant play, taking snaps, reading the defense, making those throws. So who knows who they'll bring out there? Who knows what they're going to do next? But if it's me, I, Trey Eitner would have been in there the whole time. As yep. much as uh, Ryan Ruddy is a household name and a good athlete, I think he brings them another weapon in the passing game that they've been missing for much of the back well, half of this game. Trey Eitner has 1,000, 1,069 yards on the season. And they go back to pass from Trey Eitner. This one's brought in at Kobe Mazarin at the 30-yard line and upended at the 33 by a platoon of Bearcats. Leading the charge was Evan Bruski on the stop. So from the 20 all the way out to the 33 for a 13-yard reception, chains, or clock stops momentarily to move the chains. First and 10 for the Elby Bearcats as the clock starts to roll. Six minutes and change. Yeah, nice throw and catch there. You hit your favorite target, Colby Mazarant. That's going to be a guy you're going to have to keep an eye on for Ubley here as they try to stop this passing game. Eitner is nearly picked off at the 40-yard line as it hits the hands of Colton Oswald, and he couldn't bring it in. Pass was intended for Ryan Ruddy, and that would have been in the house for six points had Colton Oswald would have brought it in both hands on that one. Yeah, that, that's, Incomplete. A, that's a freshman mistake there thrown into what looks like triple coverage there as uh, Oswald jumps that route and uh, absolutely wants that one back. That one uh, that one should have been a pick six, but <laughs> nonetheless, knocks that ball down. It forces second down, but the clock does stop and Ottawa, Ottawa Lake can get their uh, legs back under them here and call play. Second down and 10 from their own 33. They're trailing Ubley 21-6 with five minutes and 55 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Eitner stays in the pocket, looking to pass, scrambles to his right and throws it, and this one's brought in by Jack, Jake Iatt, and he runs out of bounds at the 32-yard line. This is going to be a result in a loss of a, of a yard. But it stops the clock with 5 minutes and 48 seconds, so it's now third down 11 for Whiteford, trailing by 15 points. Yeah, the pass defense was excellent there, but there's only three receivers on the play, and that was one of them, the check down. There's only two routes run. Uh, when, when your formation is that tight, it's no different than when Ubley 
gets under center and they run play action. Typically there's two receivers down the field and a check down route. And I think uh, for Whiteford, you got to get back in your double wing and get two receivers out there and actually have them run routes. Third and 11. Back to pass. Eitner looking downfield to throw. Let's it fly to the near sideline. And this one is going to be overthrown and thrown out of bounds intended for Hunter DeBar. Good coverage there from Colin Ozentowski. Didn't give a chance for that receiver to bring that pass in. And now it's fourth and 11 for the Whiteford Bobcats with 5.39 left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, there's, I don't like how these receivers, they, they aren't running their routes hard. They're not getting to a point where they can get open. And if they're not open, they're not adjusting to what the defense is giving them. Ubley is, is in perfect spot. It's a matchup zone is what they like to play. Keep the guy in front of you. If there's a guy near you, you stick with him. But kind of guard an area. And that time, there was nobody there. So Eitner did what he has to do. And he throws it down the field, hoping for a big play, hoping for a penalty. But he doesn't give his receiver a chance to make the play. Throws it out of bounds. Whiteford going for it. Fourth and 11. Looking downfield to throw. Pocket holds. And it is in the hands and out at the 44-yard line. Passes intended for Colby. Mazarans and the Ubley Bearcats stand strong and they force a turnover on downs and this one is all but salted away. 5.33 remains in the fourth quarter. Ubley with a 15-point lead now back on offense on the plus side of the field as Whiteford can't do anything on that drive. Good job there by number five Colin Ozentoski. He uh, doesn't, he comes there after the ball is there. Mazarin ex extends those long arms. And Ozentoski, as soon as that ball hits there, he goes right after the arms and slaps that ball right out of his hands. Would have been enough for a first down and to keep this game alive. But instead, it's a big play by the pass defense. Again, this defense is very good at stopping the run. Their pass defense has been in question. But when they know the pass is coming, this team knows how to adjust. They have guys in the right position. And that time, Colin Ozentoski breaks on the football, knocks it out of his hands cleanly, and gives Ubley the football up two scores, five and a half to go. And now time to run this clock down to triple zero. We've reached a media timeout. We'll return in 30 seconds on the WLW Sports Network. Ubley 21, Whiteford 6, five and a half to play in the fourth quarter. Five minutes, 33 seconds stand between the LA Bearcats and their first state title in school history. They lead the Whiteford Bobcats 21-6 on the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, and Kendall Anthes with their call today. High atop the field in the corner of the field at Ford Field in downtown Detroit. It's been all ugly Bearcats today. They've held the ball for 62% of the time. They just forced a turnover on downs from Whiteford. That is the second of the second half already. They stopped Whiteford at midfield to start this third quarter, and then they just did it again with five and a half to play in the fourth quarter, and now they can just play this clock out the rest of the way and just keep handing it off like they always do, methodically march down the field, potentially even add on a score, but regardless, stay in the lead. You can tell Whiteford has had success in the passing game, but it's worked off of their running game. When the running game goes away, the passing game goes with it because it, they have had running success, success against everybody that they've played leading up to this game. And when the running game fails and you get third down and eight, Albany knows you're coming. So they can blitz, they can drop eight, whatever it takes. And uh, their pass defense did the job there on that series. Evan Prusky hands it off to Luke Palmer. He gets in the, out of the backfield across the 30 and finally is upended at the 27 for a five-yard gain. Jake I had got a hat out of him, senior middle linebacker, 6'1", 185-pound senior. 
After a flat gain of five, Luke Vollmering making it look easy. Yar has a score, and today is 15 carries for 73 yards. Yeah, no disrespect to these running backs, but it comes back to what Dan said at halftime. There's quite a few runs where you and you and I, and Dan, Doug, any of us, we're going to get three or four yards ourselves because that's how good of a job this offensive line has done, creating holes, blocking down, setting those traps, getting guys around the outside, whatever it may be. But Ubley now is running back to their base offense, right, left, you name it, and they're hitting them for five yards on every play. Evan Prusky hands it off to Seth Mowry's across the 25 and dropped to the 24-yard line. Tackle made by Jake Iant on the stop. Short of the line to gain by about two yards. Second down, excuse me, third down, two yards to go for the Bearcats. Clock rolls under four and a half to play. Yeah, another particular in this game is Ubley has won the game on their first down plays. They have always been ahead of the chains. There has not been a time where we have said second down and long at any point in this game. They have constantly been ahead of the chains, which is right into their hands. They have been playing with all the trump cards, and they have not missed. They have secured the football. They virtually were penalty-free, one penalty on the day, and they have grinded out this clock and just dominated Whiteford on both sides of the ball. And off to number 30, Seth Maurer gets down to about the 21-yard line. Can be has the first down in tow. He needed two. He got three. Tackle made by Jake Iant. Stops the clock momentarily. Move the chains with 4.01 remaining in the fourth quarter. Now the clock rolls again. Ubley 21, Whiteford 6. Exactly what you need. Grind it out. You don't necessarily need another score. You need four minutes to come off the clock. And uh, it, that clock will move much faster and at your control if you keep your offense on the field. Stay in bounds. Take care of the football. And, uh, again, keep grinding out first downs. Three minutes, 35 seconds in county. Probably counting the seconds until their first state title in school history, leading by 15 points. Evan Bruski hands off to Luke Vollmering, reverses directions, Perry Sanders it, and gets inside the 20 and finally dropped to the 17-yard line for a four-yard gain. Tackle made once again by Jake Aya. This is 15th tackle of the day. Colby Mazaran at 11. Mind you, most of those tackles coming from the linebackers and beyond. Absolutely, and... Uh Jake Iatt is used to having a couple tackles for loss yeah. at some point throughout the game, not making tackles five yards down the field, and that's been the case for him. Uh, but good good vision there by Luke Vollmering as number 14, Mason DeBar for Whiteford, jumps into the backfield, jumps the route, and Vollmering sees that, reverses back the other way, and gets the job done. Gets that four or five yards they need and keep ahead of the chains and continue to get that clock moving. Gain of four, second down and six now hand out to Seth Maury's met in the backfield, but somehow pushes the pile forward back to the about the 15-yard line for a gain of two. And... Jake Hyatt on the stop for the uh, for the Whiteford Bobcats. Sets up a third down and short, third down in three for the Ubley Bearcats as the clock rolls under two and a half to play. Again, a better job by Ottawa, but it's far too late for it to matter now. Uh, they finally get a stop for a very short game, but third down and three. This is four down territory for Ubley. They want to keep their offense on the field, run this clock to zero with the ball in their hands, and bring home that a very elusive first state championship. Third down, three yards to go. They're on the Whiteford 14-yard line. Leading 21-6 over Whiteford. Evan Bruski under center. It's a handoff. Quarterback keeper for the right side to Bruski. Brought down back at the 15-yard line. They're going to mark him down at the 14. And Ryan Ruddy brings him down for the loss. So this brings up a fourth down and time three. Out. Whiteford. And Whiteford calls their second timeout of the second half. With a minute 53 remaining, trying to conserve as much play clock here as well as get a stop for Whiteford. But the Ubley Bearcats lead by two possessions by 15 points, 21 to 6. Just a minute 53 remains. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, 
You've been asking me every time if they're going to kick it here, Clark. I know so badly you wanted to see a field goal attempt today, <laughs> but it's not going to happen here because the worst thing you could have happen is have it blocked or something crazy happen. In this case, you keep the ball on the ground, you get that first down, and then end this game with the ball in your hands. I say probably intentionally just runs back, runs back, runs back, and then... And then no, and then kicks a 60-yard field goal. To attempt the 60. Hey, let's, let's kick the 60-yard field goal. I know it's fourth down. I know the math doesn't work, but if you're gonna win, let's do it with some style. <laughs> they and, did uh, it style the, today. Oh, Dominating, oh yes, they did. tackling clinic, uh, offensive line put on a clinic today. They, they, they put it. It's ugly style though. It may not be for everybody, but this ground and pound offense has taken care of business today. You see it a lot, especially late in the season in playoffs. You always see the UP power. We saw Menominee rolling into the hotel last night. They don't play till tomorrow. It certainly feels like thumb horsepower is on, on display today, and it's great to see. Smile comes across my face. This has been pretty much the whole game. As the LB Bearcats are cruising to their first state championship in school history. Everett Bruski is under center facing a fourth down three from the Whiteford 14-yard line. Hand off to Cannon Peruski. He rumbles his way down Seal to the 10-yard line, and they get the first down. Tackle made by Drew Neggs, defensive tackle and senior. Put it in the hands of Cannon Peruski. Eight carries of the day now. And really just salts this one away. Minute 44 left, hand counting. First down and goal to go from the nine. Kansbrewski's seventh carry for 31 yards. Uh, and that one, biggest one of his career. He'll remember, for, remember forever Cannon Peruski. Cannon Peruski gets that one, gets that first down for the Elbit Bearcats. So that was Cannon Peruski's eighth carry of the day. Yes, it was. 21 to 6, Elbit leading by 15 points. Clock at a minute 15 and counting. Eric Sweeney takes the headset off and will complete his journey as head coach of the Elbit Bearcats with the grandest prize of all. As there's the first Jenny Fleck from the Elbit Bearcats. Obli Faithful and the entire Thumb Faithful have made the journey down today. Certainly are exuberant and cheering. Whiteford subbing. Looks like they're subbing out their seniors for the final time here. This will be Todd Teagan's first loss as a head coach at Whiteford. He'll now be 27-1 at his time. Second year as head coach. Came from Evergreen High School in Ohio, where he went 28-32 as head coach. And there's the kneel from Evan Bruski with 33 That'll seconds. And the pilgrimage that began 60 years ago with Jerry Herp has finally come home to the promised land. The Ugly Bearcats are your 2023 state champions. Defeating the Whiteford Bobcats 21-6. Avenging a loss from a year ago. And this time they do it in the most ugly way they can. Controlling the tempo. Controlling the line of scrimmage. And they win by 15 points. Obli 21. Whiteford 6 is your final. The Division 8 state title is coming home to the M19 Valley. Yeah, 21 to 6 score, a number that Obli will remember forever. A dominating fashion, grounded pound, physical game, big time defense, led by that defense, that offensive line, you name it. But they won this game because they are more physical. They won in the trenches. And congratulations to the Ubley Bearcats Division 8 2023 state champions. 21 to 6, the Ubley Bearcats win by 15 points. And take out the Whiteford Bobcats, hand the Bobcats their first loss in two years. My oh my, Dave. So both teams meet in midfield, going for the handshakes. We'll have a trophy presentation here in a moment. 
as I need to swap out some cables behind here, Dave, to get the PA announcer all lined up. So go ahead. Yeah, what, what, what a performance here by the Udley Bearcats. Again, just uh, that first play, first series of the game, when that touchdown was overturned, and Whiteford goes 99 yards down the field running their offense and take that early lead. He really felt like we had uh, an uh-oh moment and yep. a potential barn burner on our hands. But 21 unanswered points by the Bearcats, shoring up that defense and never looked back as they didn't miss a beat on defense, making tackles all over the place. Uh, a very clean game by the Ubley Bearcats, and that was all they needed. And some big runs at timely moments and even some bigger throws by Evan Peruski down the stretch to get this team into the end zone three times. As both teams are lining up at the 45-yard lines, respectively, as Whiteford will receive the state runner-up trophy, which the Ubley Bearcats are all too familiar with that presentation as they're over three entering today. But today, they bring home the biggest prize in state history, the state championship. They did it all, and Eric Sweeney rides into the sunset with the school's first state championship trophy in his final game as head coach. Yeah, he's been very clear. This is my last season. Uh, it feels like he did his due for his team and his community, and what a way to go out. Go out on top. There's no bigger prize, and he helped lead this team to win that prize for the first time in school history. As the theme from NFL Films with John Fashenda narrating in the backfield and background as the Ebley Bearcats are waiting to receive their trophy. A surreal moment here, Dave. My 13th year broadcasting. And while we wait for this, Dave, why don't you take us through our scoring plays? Yeah, let's do it, Clark. We got a couple minutes here. It looks like first quarter, no scoring by either team. But second quarter, it's actually Whiteford that strikes first. Eitner hits DeBar on a four-yard touchdown pass. Two-point conversion fails, but Whiteford would lead early, six to nothing. Later in the second quarter, Seth Maurer, though, would get ugly on the board with a four-yard touchdown run. Mueller PAT is good, and your halftime score would read Ugly Bearcats seven, Whiteford six. In the third quarter, just one score, and it came on a Peruski to Lehrman 11-yard touchdown pass. The Mueller PAT is good, and at the end of the third quarter, Ugly pushes their lead 14 to six. In the fourth quarter, it's Luke Vollmering capping off and, and securing this lead. 21 to six, the Mueller PAT good, and the Ubley Bearcats would be your final and your winners of Division Eight State Championship, 21 to six over the Whiteford Bobcats. And now we listen in to the PA announcer here at the Ford Field for the Division Eight State Championship game as the trophy presentations for both Whiteford and the 2023 champions of the Ubley Bearcats. And Chris Isom, athletic director at Adrian Madison High School, along with Isaiah Kuban of Harbor Beach High School, a member of the Student Advisory Council, will make the trophy presentation to our Division 8 finalist, the Bobcats of Whiteford. <laughs> Accepting the Division 8 finalist trophy is Coach Todd Teakin. Congratulations to the Whiteford Bobcats on an outstanding season. But not as good as the Ugly Bearcats. And now, Mr. Adams and Isom and Caban will present the Division 8 11-player championship trophy to the Bearcats of Ubley. <laughs> Accepting the Division 8 championship trophy is coach Eric Sweeney. 
Congratulations to the Ubley Bearcats, the 2023 Division 8 11-player football champions. As you can imagine, a scene of elation. As the Ubley Bearcats bring home the every evasive state title in their program's history before entering today before today they checked off nearly every single box except for this one and now they join the ranks of lakers usa harbor beach deckerville and now the lb bearcats yeah long overdue this team over the years have had plenty of great football teams and always seem to run into somebody that just does what they do a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And that was not the case. Last year, they learned that they can hang with anybody in this division. And uh, they learned from their mistakes last year and completely uh, minimized all of them. And uh, they, they were in cruise control this morning as they took care of business. They minimized their mistakes from last year and took advantage of them this year and just dominated nearly every second of this ball game. They take out the Whiteford Bobcats 21-6, winning by 15 points. As both teams posing for their trophies, the Ubley Bearcats posing as there's plenty of, plenty of media on hand here. Pretty much any agency from the Thumb is here, as well as Live and all the other ones that have jumped on here. Kendall Anthes is out there as well, <laughs> just kind of hanging out. Talk about a good year for him being our intern. As he's certainly come a long way. Kent caught up with Eric Sweeney at halftime. Got in trouble with the MHSA for posting video highlights during the game. Modern detail, well, we deleted it, don't worry. As the Ubley Bearcats bring home their first state title in school history, as we will mute that music. As Dave Hansen, the season has come to an end, but we have much more to talk about here from Ford Field. We have plenty to talk about, and our post-game action will begin in just a moment. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Hang tight. We've got a whole lot of stuff to cover right here on Sports Radio 1021. The Ole Bearcats bring home their first state title in school history. They defeat Whiteford 21-6 when all said and done after 48 minutes of play. We'll have all the action coming up in just two short minutes right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Hang on to your hats. We've got a heck of a post-game show coming up right here on the WLW Sports Network. Obli 21, Whiteford 6 in the Division 8 State Championship. Victorious in the Division 8 State Championship. They take out Whiteford 21-6 to bring home their first state championship in school history. 
Abli now one for four in the state finals. Feels good. Certainly feels good. We are going to be in an extended post-game show as we have Kendall Anthes roaming the underbelly of Ford Field right now as he's trying to track down Eric Sweeney. He's off to the press conference right now, and we're going to try and tr grab Eric Sweeney at that moment with Kendall. He's going to then send a voice memo to my phone, and we'll hook that up to discuss what exactly what happened and how just the, the feelings that he's feeling right now in his final game as head coach, or so he claims. I would like to think that, that, that what a way to go out with the state championship, Dave Hanson. Yeah, he, he's been very vocal about that. He he's has. not been not shy about no. it. Uh, he, he knows the time and the effort it takes, and uh, when you know you're done, you're done, and that's that's awesome that he's accepted that. And I believe that is. I believe in him. I believe he's done his job, and uh, they get some young kids waiting in the wings. That, you know that are that have been on the sideline, been assistants. You know they they're involved in all of the game plan. They're ready to take the helm and. He'll tell you it's a younger man's game, and he he wants to be a part of it at a lesser low, lesser level. But congratulations to him. He's put in a lot of good work and uh, rewarded in his fourth season with a state championship. Dave Hansen took you through the scoring plays just a moment ago. We're now going to go possession by possession just to kind of recap what this domination of the Olympic Bearcats over 48 minutes looked like. Ubley, well, Whiteford won the toss he elected to receive. So Ubley says, no problem. We'll take the ball. So they march right down the field. Defer, the, the, well, yes, excuse me. And uh, Obli then marches right down the field in 16 plays, 80 yards, 8 minutes and 1 second off the clock. Four first downs, two for four on third downs, one for two, excuse me, one for one on, oh, excuse me, one for two on fourth downs because they get all the way down to the goal line. And initially called a touchdown, but Evan Perusky is called short upon review. They called it a touchdown, but then looking at the replays, he was clearly down at the half-yard line. Said, oh, no, here we go. Obli's missing chances. No, they're not self-inflicted, but missing chances to score. Every point counts in the state championship. And so then Whiteford then responds and marches 99 yards in 15 plays, takes 7 minutes and 48 seconds off the clock, and then punches in a score with a 100 bar four-yard catch, and then the two-point conversion pass failed, so it's 6 nothing Whiteford. So now Ubley's playing from behind in the, in the T formation. That's always tough. But they respond well. Six minutes and 46 seconds later, into the second quarter, Ubley marches 80 yards on 13 plays, goes for two for two on third downs, and Seth Maurer punches it in for the first score for the Ubley Bearcats. With a minute 31 before the half is over, Mueller with the PAT, and Ubley leads 7-6 to six over Whiteford. Whiteford then can't do anything with it. They get a first down right on their first play. They, they throw a pass downfield, but then they can't do anything with it. So they will have to punt it away four plays later, holding the ball for just a minute. Gives the ball back to Ubley for 31 seconds remaining in that first half. Ubley can't do much with it, and they enter halftime, leading 7-6 to six over Whiteford. We're hanging saying, oh boy, hang on to your hats here. This is going to be a heck of a second half. Third quarter begins with Whiteford receiving. Since they won the toss, he'd like to do defer. So Whiteford gets the ball to start the third quarter, and it results in a turnover on downs. Eight plays later, as they tried to cover 30 yards, that's all they would do in 58 seconds. They'd go one for two on third down, 0 for one on fourth down. They'd get stopped on fourth down, Ubley defense holding strong. And so the Ubley offense would come back on the field at midfield at the 50-yard line, and five minutes and 36 seconds later, with 2.14 remaining in the third quarter, Ubley would score their second time for the day. Ryan Lehrman on 11-yard reception from Evan Peruski. Mueller kicks in the PAT. And suddenly, it is ugly 14-6, and the Bearcats would not look back. 
as then Whiteford then gets the ball back with 2.14 remaining in the third, and they have to punt it away. 11.43 remaining in the fourth quarter, and it was partially blocked. So Ubley takes over at their own 40-yard line to start that drive in the fourth quarter, already leading 14-6. Ubley strikes again into the end zone nine plays later, five minutes and 30 seconds off the clock, and capped off with a Luke Vollmering four-yard run into the end zone. Mueller with the PAT makes it 21-6, Ubley by 15 points, and that is all they would need because Whiteford would get the ball back with 6-13 halfway through the fourth quarter, and they would just get five plays put together in 12 total yards, going over one on third down, over one on fourth down. They got one first down right away, and then they have to turn it over on downs. Ubley stopping them again for the second time in the second half on downs and gives the ball back to Ubley with 5.33 left in the game at the Whiteford 32-yard line. Ubley methodically marches down the field, running the clock down as much as possible, and then they kneel it out to finish the ball game with a 15-point victory over Whiteford, avenging the loss from a year ago on this very field, on this very stage, and this time they take the state title home with them. They absolutely do, and uh, th the biggest part about that is is they finish drives. Now, the very first series, yes, they didn't quite finish. They went 79 and change. Sorry, I'm getting distracted because Michigan just scored on defense. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But... Uh, they get right down to the goal line. And, and back to, we talked about this with Dan Banky off the record here a little bit. And he's like, you got to go for that play because even if you turn it over, and he's right, you, if, even if you turn it over, they have to go 95 plus yards on your top level defense in the state finals. You take your chances, and he comes up just short. But outside of that, they punched in scores on the next three possessions, not counting the one where they had 30 seconds left in the half and no yep. chance. Yep. They score on the next three real possessions. Bang, 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 21 unanswered, and they don't know what, and Whiteford has no idea what hit them. They've never played from behind, practically. They've never played from behind. They have never had a team physically hold the football as long as they did. Again, there were two real possessions for Ubley in that first half and one real one for Whiteford. The other two didn't matter. There was, what, 90 seconds left when Whiteford got their second actual possession in the first half, and they went to a spread offense, tried to throw the ball because they, they didn't have enough time to run their offense. Yeah. So it just smothered out Whiteford's opportunities. They started to feel the heat, feel the pressure, feel the need to pick up the pace to get more possessions under their belt and just couldn't advance the football with a pass-heavy offense. And the LB Bearcats just continued to stay right at home, doing what they do best, and that's grind out first downs, play physical style of football, and uh, don't turn the ball over and fundamentally dominate this game and take care of business. 21-6 is your final for the LB Bearcats. Leading by 15 points. All said and done, like Dave said. 21 unanswered points. Whiteford scored in the very first possession of the day. Then results after that. A punt, turnover on downs. Partial block, punt, turnover on downs. That's the only offense for Whiteford, who is a prolific offensive unit. Nearly the same exact offensive production as Ubley entering today. Nearly the same exact defense. Ubley held at 21 points, but in a state championship game, you're going to expect lower point totals than, say, against Memphis. Yeah, we, yeah. we don't expect uh, no. we don't expect both teams to shoot it out. We, we expect there to be some stops. Punting would be important and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the Ubley Bearcats controlled possession, controlled the time. Their defense made tackles, forced Whiteford to be the team that needed to adjust and when Whiteford had to adjust they didn't have the answers and it just fed into what the Bearcats were doing and I think Eric Sweeney said it best at halftime they are playing we are playing ugly style football 
Seven to six with them having the lead is exactly just fine with them. And they did exactly that to keep this going. And when Whiteford had to get out of their double wing to do different things and become throw first, that was out of their element, out of their comfort zone, and just couldn't do it. And this Bearcat defense feasted on it. So Eric Sweeney is in his press conference right now. Kendall Anthes will track him down after that. Dave Hansen, the Whiteford Bobcats held to 163 yards on 39 plays by the Ubley defense. Been dominant all season. They scored in their first possession. Nothing after that today. Very similar to what Beale City did. Very similar to what Ithaca did. Just Ubley shutting down opponents, frankly, for how many years in a row now? As 57 carries, or excuse me, 57 yards on 24 carries, no scores on the ground for Whiteford. Through the air, 9 of 15 for 106 yards and one score. Whiteford averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Their longest run of the day, 10 yards. That is it. Albany's longest run, 20 yards. Had 59 carries for 281 yards and two scores. Averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Very fittingly, double of what Whiteford had today. Through the air, Ubley, very effective. Two for three for 29 yards and a score. The only incomplete pass was the last play of the first half as Evan Bruski just threw it away as a veteran quarterback would, making his 48th start at quarterback today in the state championship. Seth Maurer led the way for the Ubley Bearcats with 27 carries for 137 yards and a score. Average 5.1 per carry. Carried the ball 46% of the time today for the Bearcats. Luke Vomring, 16 carries, 77 yards and a score. 27% of the time carrying the ball. That's Luke Vollmering. Cannon Bruski, eight carries for 35 yards, including that final first down run on the day. And Evan Bruski, eight carries for 32 yards. Through the air, Bruski, two for three for 29 yards and a score. Both of those receptions being brought in by Ryan Lehrman, who has now, on the season, Ryan Lehrman has five receptions for just over 100 yards and two scores through 14 games. Whiteford was led by Jake Iatt on rushing the ball for 11 carries, 35 yards. Carried the ball 46% of the time. Hunter DeBar, 6 carries for 12 yards. Ryan Ruddy, 5 carries for 8 yards. And Drew Nags, 2 carries for 2 yards. Through the air, Trey Eitner was 7 for 12 for 86 yards and a score. Ryan Ruddy, 2 for 3 through the air for 20 yards. When all said and done, Ryan Ruddy was also the leading receiver. Two receptions on four targets for 54 yards. Colby Mazarant, three receptions for five yards and 33 yards. No scores for him. He was the leading receiver in every category for the Whiteford Bobcats entering today. And Hunter DeBar, 20 yards on three receptions on five targets in the only score for Whiteford coming through the air. And Jake Iatt, one reception for a loss of one. Ubley did not punt the ball today. Colby Mazarant entered today with just nine punts in the season. And the Bearcats made them punt twice. Two punts for 33 total yards, averaging 16.5 per punt today. Longest punt was 33 yards. Defensively, Cannon Bruski led the way for the Bearcats as he has all season long with eight tackles today. Evan Bruski, four tackles, including one for a loss of a six and a half yards. Skylar Smith, four tackles, as was Aiden Kohler. Luke Vollmering, three tackles and one sack. Colton Oswald, three tackles for him, and the rest goes on. For the Whiteford Bobcats, Jake Iatt with 16 tackles, Colby Mazarant 11 tackles, Ryan Ruddy had six tackles, including one tackle for a loss of just a yard, Connor Bott four tackles, Mason Debar and Stepan Mazarant each with three tackles today. Yeah, th there's a there's a couple things in there that are, don't show up on that stat sheet that I think was made a big difference in this game, and it, it started with Whiteford. Actually, it was their first play action pass of that first drive that hit big for I think 48 yards. I think Trey Eitner hit. Uh, 
was it Ryan Ruddy, I believe, in that first series, and that basically knocked Ubley on their heels the rest of that drive before Whiteford punches in a score. But I counter that because Ubley did it right back to him on the next series. And uh, people probably won't remember that play, but Ubley was grinding out first downs, grinding out first downs, and then on first down he calls play action, and he hits Ryan Lehrman for 18 yards. And after that, the next two runs both went for over 10 yards apiece for the Ubley Bearcats. They knocked Whiteford right back on their heels and punched in that score and took the lead in the first half. So I thought both of those plays for each team kind of set the pace, but Ubley countered them and then took momentum and never really lost it. In my last thought, I was thinking about watching this Whiteford team. Boy, they missed Shea Ruddy, didn't they? Shea Ruddy made a lot of plays with his legs. And yeah. I feel like it, for Trey Eitner and his development moving forward he'll for get this there. team, he'll get there. But it's if option one's not there, option two's not there, you got to get out of the pocket because they they took a couple sacks on this play on this, in this game that made a big difference because third down and six and third down and 12 are two very different things for a young team. And you cannot do that to your team. The LB Bearcats took advantage of that. And... There's a couple things that I saw that don't show up in the stat sheet that make a difference, and those were a couple of them. Altogether, we had 11 drives today. Obley with six of them, Whiteford with five of them. Obley ended up with 18 first downs, Whiteford with 11. Obley on third downs was 7 for 12 for 58%. Whiteford just 4 of 8 for 50%. Fourth downs, Whiteford. Here's, here's the big one. 0 for 2 on fourth downs for Whiteford. Obley. Four for five. And remember, the one they didn't get was a touchdown that was overturned and ruled short. That was the only one they didn't get. But that just goes to show you the ugly Bearcats, stay ahead of the chains, make your fourth downs manageable, continue to make drives happen, and it wears down other teams. And Whiteford got wore down in the second half. In time possession in favor of Ubley, two-thirds to one-third. 31 minutes, 51 seconds for the ugly Bearcats. Whiteford, 16 minutes, 9 seconds for just 33 and change percent on the day. Dave, what might be even more impressive, the Ubley Bearcats finished the 2023 campaign not allowing a single touchdown in the third quarter, including the state championship. Not a single opponent through 14 games scored on the Ubley Bearcats in the third quarter. Yeah, you can say what you want about this team, the athletes they have, don't have, etc., if a team can't score on you in the third quarter, that's veteran coaching from top to bottom. Whoever has a say in what happens in that locker room, this team makes adjustments at halftime better than anybody else does. And this is further proof on the grandest stage you could possibly play football here in the state of Michigan. They come out at halftime, and Whiteford does absolutely nothing in the second half against this defense. And offensively, the Ugly Bearcats just had her in cruise control. Didn't even need to shift the high gear. Had it in cruise control the whole second half, and that was plenty enough to beat this Whiteford team today. Ubley ends up on the season with 594 points of offense. They scored 180 points in the first quarter, 191 points in the second quarter, 132 points in the third quarter, and 91 points in the fourth quarter throughout the entire 2023 campaign for 594 points. Their opponents... Scored 41 total points in the first quarter all seasons. That is six touchdowns in the first quarter. The Ubley Bearcats allowed 28 points in the second quarter. That's four touchdowns. One of those was today. One of those was, no, that came in the first quarter today. Oh, it was first quarter, you're right. Didn't allow anything in the second quarter. Third quarter, zero. Zero. I can't get over that stat. Zero points allowed in the third quarter all season. In the fourth quarter, 67 points, mostly because the future 
the future of the Ugly Bearcats. The future of the Ugly Bearcats were in allowing JV, whoever else it was, for the Ugly Bearcats. Allowing 67 points just in the fourth quarter for a total of 136 points on the season. Impressive number. It's going to be in a sub-10 altogether through 14 point, for 14 games, allowing just about 9.8, 9.9. I'll have to do the math there to figure out the average for Ubley's defense this year. Went up against some, some, some staunch offenses, and when it came down to it, Ubley stuck with what they do well, and that is continue to drive the ball on the ground, through the air when they need to, and just stop opponents doing their best offense and having to adjust, as we saw today, like you said on air, Dave, Whiteford's passing game goes with the run game. If they can't establish the run game, you have no passing game, and that was very evident today. No doubt about it. They have great passing stats. They are not afraid to throw the football, but they throw it based on their running game. They like to throw it on second down and five. I would, too. You know, that makes it a lot easier. You have a team thinking about stopping your run game, but no, no chance of stopping a play-action pass if it's run well. And uh, they didn't give the running game enough time to develop, so then they had to force passes later in the game. They started to fall behind, force more passes, and Ubley just feasts on that. That is something you just can't do. And this Ubley Bearcat team, again, forces teams to be uncomfortable. They do it every single week. They do it against every single opponent this year. And this time, it re- they are rewarded with the biggest prize we have to offer in this state. So Eric Sweeney ends up, after four years at the helm since 2020, with a total record of 75, or excuse me, 48-5. and five. Coach 53 games, and he ends up 48-5, and five, going perfect in his final season, his only losses in the state championship game twice, semifinals once, and then two games against Sandusky and Harbor Beach in this very first game. That was the COVID year. His first game out of the shoot was against Harbor Beach. They, they lost a close one there, lost to Sandusky. Those are the only two regular season losses for Eric Sweeney in four years, and the Bearcats as well, and finishes up with an impressive 48-5 record in a state championship under his belt and on his resume forever. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stats leaving with this team after this year. So they, they are going to have a lot of new faces in very important roles. But the fundamentals, the basics, the game plan of what they do is physical nature in the trenches, wear teams down, hang around, and then when they're tired, you kick it into the next gear, and your running game still continues to go. So, again, they're going to lose some big playmakers, but fully expect this team to reload, so to speak, instead of rebuild. So the LB Bearcats send off their seniors with a victory. The LB Bearcats send off with seniors with a state championship in tow. Jackson Susala running back as well as a starting safety in Evan Peruski's absence. He's a senior, 5'8", 155 pounds. Also, Evan Peruski, 48 starts at quarterback, Four-year starter, played in Ford Field three of his four years here as a Bearcat. He's starting quarterback, starting safety. He's also the long snapper for PATs, 5'11", 185-pound seniors. Will certainly go down in Bearcat lore forever. Absolutely. With that many starts under his name, and obviously leading this team to as many wins as he did as quarterback, uh, he will be remembered for a very long time. And, of course, someone else who will be remembered forever, Brett Mueller, the most successful PAT kicker in state history. He ends up on all-time with 220 PATs on 232 attempts. That's an all-time record. He now has that by 13 PATs. And it's not even close with anyone else who is current. And I want, I want you to repeat that one more time. In the state. Not in the divi- state. Not Division 8. All football. The, the entire state of Michigan at any level in high school. I don't care the size of the school, how long it's been. 
That is a state record at any division in the state of Michigan. An awesome achievement by him. He made 62 straight PATs last year. That was number 14 all-time. He lead the, led the team in receptions this year and impressive numbers. He was 89 of 93 in 20, or excuse me, 86 of 90 in 2022. Uh, this year, 76 of 81. I, had the, I was looking at the wrong line there. So 76 of 81 for Brett Mueller in 2023. Two for four on field goals against Badax and Beale City. Missed 41 and 24 yards, but he made a 54-yard field goal last week against Beale City. That is the fifth longest field goal in state history again. And uh, the longest PAT, or longest field goal made in the state since 2017 by a kicker by the name of Jake Moody. I don't think he really went on to do anything there. No, no I, I think I've heard that name I before. think it's so. I think he's playing football in San Francisco now. And uh, we'll, sir, I, will, I always have had a soft spot for special teams. Brett Mueller will be missed by me and by everyone else in the thumb. Truly an honor to see him kick all of these past three years. Ryan Lehrman, starting tight end, starting safety, a senior, 6'2", 185-pound, number 20, Ryan Lehrman, is graduating. Kandon Peruski made the switch from playing offensive line to the backfield this year, and he led the way in, in rushing for this team. You can't. Uh, what other team can get a lineman to all of a sudden switch to a running back and lead the team in rushing? On the season, he had 149 carries for just under 1,600 yards in 21 scores. Yeah, and that just goes to show you that they had plenty of flexibility to remove him from the line and insert another body on that offensive line and not miss a beat because he provides an explosiveness, a physical nature going north and south down the field. But typically, a lot of teams in our area don't have the ability to remove a lineman. You need that physical nature on the line. But they had a bunch of them this year, and that move ended up being a good one. Probably. Seth Maurer, also graduating. Halfback, defensive end, six foot, 190-pound senior. He was second on the team with rushing and really didn't really get going until the second half of the season when Evan Bruski went down with that injury. He shifted, and all of a sudden, he was kind of the bell cow back behind Cannon Bruski and really started slashing opponents as the, in the late weeks of the regular season and certainly in the playoffs. I think for him, I'm not saying play calling was bad. No, I'm saying no, no, the, no, 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 I'm no. saying the play calling for him evolved as the season went on. And what I mean is, is when Evan Bruski couldn't attack the outside with that keeper, they, that's when they incorporated that sweep around the outside with Seth Maurer, and that allowed him to get to the outside and get some bigger chunk runs. And then that really opened up this offense. That was their counter for the Evan Peruski keeper going away, the Seth Maurer sweep, and I think he really benefited from being able to get to the outside and attack the sideline for some good runs. And with today's 27 carries, 137 yards, and a score, he crosses the 1,000-yard echelon for Seth Maurer. Ends up with 19 touchdowns on the year on 179 carries in just, I can't quite do that math that quickly, but it will be just under 1,100 yards. 1,097 yards yep. and 19 scores for Seth Maurer. Jacob Messick doesn't see the field all too often, but he's number 42, running back, defensive back, 6'3", 175-pound senior. Has been, every player on a roster is essential when it comes to practice, when it comes to the scout team. All those things are essential to making a state championship run. We saw that today. Jacob Messing is a true character of that. Austin Gentner, right guard, defensive end, 6'2", 195-pound senior. He's also graduating. He was the first year starting at right guard this year, but he ended up with 23 total tackles entering today. Last week against Beale City, had an assist on a tackle. Ithaca had one tackle, 6'2", 195-pound senior there. And then Mitchell Foote, left tackle, defensive tackle, 6'3", 270-pound senior. Today he ended up with a, a huge sack, a huge tackle for a loss. You name it, he did it. And Mitchell Foote, 
Third year starting tackle at left tackle, 41 total tackles before today. Last week had one solo tackle and assist, and two assists the week before that for Ithaca. So Mitchell Foote will certainly be a missed piece of this pie to next year for the Ole Bearcats, but what a way to go out. Yeah, he uh, he obviously, with his size, he really stepped up his game. Again, he, because he's on the line, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, but him and him and Gettner on that same side of the line, uh, or on opposite sides of the line, I should say, they've really evolved. Their blocking has, has really kind of set the tone for these backs, and every time you talk to these backs, the first thing they do is thank their offensive line for what they yeah. do, and that's why, because they create these holes that you could have drove a Mack truck through today, <laughs> and uh, Mitchell Foote is definitely a big piece of that. Well, we haven't heard from Kendall Anthus in quite some time. Uh, we, we sent out some feelers out there and have not heard back, so maybe since he's not responding even to Dan Banky, perhaps he is uh, interviewing Eric Sweeney right now. <laughs> well, he is wearing khakis, so he, he does look the part down there, so we will find out uh, what the holdup is down there. But Dave Vanson, that brings us to another close of a broadcast season as we wait for Eric Sweeney's comments in just a few moments, if they are if they are coming at this point. Uh, but as we approach 1 p.m. here at Back in the Thumb, Dave Vanson, and here in Detroit, uh, this is the close of my 13th football season, the close of your 12th broadcast here. And we, in your first year, we saw a state championship run from the Harbor Beach Pirates. This year, we see the Ubley Bearcats in year number 12 for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a surreal feeling. You know, the, the first year we saw that, we didn't truly understand what we were seeing. I mean, it, it, it had been a while since we had had a team here. It was our first year kind of settling in, and obviously things were far from perfect then. And we had no clue what we were doing. Uh, exactly. It, was just, it just kind of happened, and it was, it was a cool scene. But this time, watching this Ubley Bearcat team just the last couple years, they have settled in and been oh so close so many times. And it just felt like one of these times they were going to break the ice, break that barrier, and bring home that state title. And uh, glad it happened. We got to see that. that great for them. Again, that, that is a very accomplished school, oh a very accomplished program. Um, what they do is, is something that literally all of our teams could benefit from. Get better on the trenches. Get better on the line. Become more of a physical team. You'll win more games. I promise you that. And uh, just take a page out of the ugly playbook. If you can, if you can block and you can create a game plan where you're physical in the trenches, you can win a lot of games. You can rush for a lot of yards, and you can do a whole lot of things. So, uh, it's 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 a long time coming. Congratulations, W Bearcats. You love seeing any of our local teams bring back these kind of hardware, and just hope that somebody can can grab this rain, whether it's ugly again or somebody else can grab that rain and make another run again next year. So. We're waiting for Eric Sweeney's comments. Kendall Anthus, we believe, has contacted him, and they're getting an interview out of the way right now, or so we hope. Uh, so hang tight for as we wait to hear from Eric Sweeney. At this point, we could just run down the whole gear and track him down ourselves, but that's what that's what happens when you send a guy who didn't bring any khaki pants today. But Dave Hanson, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you by my side. Uh, Twelve years for you by my to my right. We were walking. You were walking on my left last night uh, to dinner, and it just felt weird. As uh, <laughs> you're always on my right, and that was no. The, today was no exception, and I can't imagine going through this. Uh, the football season we start with 85 degrees and sweat and and, and lightning and rain delays, and we finish up with uh, a cold. You got a hot hand still in your pocket here uh, from last week. We broadcast outside in in Mount Morris as we watched um, ugly dismantle Beale City, and now bring home the first state championship in school history for the LB Bearcats. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I totally promise you that. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've gotten to go to some great places, uh, called some games inside and out. Um, so <laughs> the experience is always unique. Uh, going up north last year up at Petoskey, that was a wild uh, wild yeah. game as well. And just uh, it always seems to have that 
we always go somewhere else or something happens where it always just reinvigorates the the motivation the energy to come out on, on friday nights and, and watch our local teams play and he said it's so much fun and if I, it wasn't fun again I, re, I reiterate i wouldn't do it but it's a lot of fun we have a great time we do our best and uh like i said just uh, hope everybody enjoys the show because we certainly enjoy doing it and uh like i said congratulations to w bearcats that that's what it's all about today and uh, they're going to enjoy this moment and this weekend, and this will be a, a day they remember forever. Most certainly. Most certainly. Dave Hansen, it's been a pleasure to be by my side as our friend John Ross, uh, the MH, MHSA representative from uh, the media side, is down in the field. So we're in the clear. <laughs> as, uh, so Dave Hansen, uh, well, we'll certainly say your goodbyes in a moment, but we'll hear from Eric Sweeney hopefully next. Uh, but Doug Cole. This wraps up number year number eleven for you. That's correct, and it's uh, it's been fun, you, you, folks. I can't stress enough the importance of Doug. Every game, we have a screen in front of us that automatically updates, automatically sorts every single potential stat you can think of. It's the it's what you see when I post on wlwsports.com/slash/replays the full stat summary. That is what Doug does. On his screen, he has a whole slew of stats that he's keeping track of throughout the entire game, and that gets put into that screen that we save as a PDF and we upload it. And, Doug, I don't think there's more dedication for anyone to drive from Livonia, Michigan, every single week into the thumb. You've been in every crevice of the thumb, practically, at this point. Yes. And I can't thank you enough for the past 11 years and into the future. Uh, And now we can uh, check off that box of a state championship. Yes, absolutely. It's always an honor going up to the thumb. I love... uh Love the region. Uh, it's a great place to live, uh, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see a uh, state championship from our great conference and uh, looking forward to a, you know, a new, uh, big. I guess it's the Big Thumb Conference. Of big adding, Thumb Conference next year, adding yes. Millington, and I believe, I don't know, there's another a realignment one. Realignment inside. Realignment, yeah. yes. Kind of so, brings the NCTL under one roof. And I think it's going to make the conference a lot stronger, and I, I think, the future is bright, uh, not just for Ubley, but I think for a lot, of, a lot of teams in our conference, whether it's Harbor Beach or Lakers or Cass City, you name it. And Doug has been fun as the Dining with Doug segment uh, it gets more established year in, year out. We have people coming up to us before every broadcast, we're Dougie, we're the Dougie. <laughs> and it's always fun uh, to give the Doug's whole seal of approval. So thank you for everything you do. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it next year if it's uh, if we're doing it, I hope. Oh, well, unless, unless Fox or ESPN All or right. someone else calls, we're certainly going back on air. And folks... Kendall Anthes has made contact. All right. We've heard from Apollo 13 here as Kendall Anthes is on the grid, and he caught up with not only Eric Sweeney but also Evan Peruski. Oh. I have not heard, I have not listened to this audio, so bear with us as this is Kendall Anthes talking to Eric Sweeney post game with his thoughts. I'm down here with Coach Sweeney. After that game, you know, the emotions running through, you've got the whole town of Bubbly standing behind you and the whole thumb, honestly, down there. How exciting was it to turn around and you were the one. You were the coach that got it. You were the one that coached these players. How exciting was that for you? Very. You know, I, uh, I sobering. I mean, it, it just, I, I awestruck. You know, I, I thought we had a chance. I thought we had a chance last year, you know. But, you know, just to, just to bring a state championship home, just an unbelievable feeling. We talked last week about after the Beale City win. We talked about what the message was going to be going into this week. What was that message? We're just going to go play football. 
you know, we got to do what we do, and that's, you know, stay true to who we are. You know, I, I was told this week, Coach, stay true to who you are. And, it, and I think we did a great job of that today, you know. Um, we, we ran our offense the way we should. You know, I thought we played very physical at the line of scrimmage, and that's what we needed to do. Yeah, the offensive line had full push all day long. I mean, something that last year was a little more difficult to move the ball against Whiteford this year. It seemed like it was pretty easy out there. It, 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 it was about the same, to be honest with you. I think the difference in the game was, you know, uh, they didn't have play. They didn't move the ball as good. I think defensively is what just won this state championship. You know, the offense, you know, yeah, we kept our long drives going, cha-chunk, cha-chunk, you know. But, you know, really, we played very good defense after that first drive. And that was Eric Sweeney talking with Kendall Anthes. And first time I think I've heard in a post-game press conference, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. But uh, Eric Sweeney, it's always been a – whenever we call an Ubley game, especially at Ubley, I will get there hours before the action. It, it feels like I should pay – property taxes in, in Ubley for a home game as we get set up days, sometimes earlier in the week. And if that happens in practice is going on, Eric will come up and stop by and say hi. And then before the game, I, I will typically have about a 20-minute conversation with him. And it's just such a great relationship to have with Eric Sweeney as a, a genuine guy as you can get. Just loves his community, loves his players. He, he went through from the junior high level to the JV level to the varsity level and, and saw this through and so happy for him, for the community, everything that you can imagine for Eric Sweeney. And for the kids, right? But uh, piggyback off Eric Sweeney, he, he's, he's just an average guy. I mean, he's a guy that, that loves his community, loves his school, loves his kids, would do anything for him. And, uh, you know, second to none, you know, when it comes to player relationship, I mean, he just has the best relationship with these guys. And that's what it takes in today's world is, yes, you could be a phenomenal play caller, but if nobody will listen to you, it doesn't matter. Yep. And these kids would literally run through a wall for Eric Sweeney, and he would do the same. <laughs> he, he would literally run through traffic right now if his kids needed him to. He would do it. And that relationship is second to none, and they are going to miss that. If, in fact, he does continue to stick to his word and say this is his last year, they will miss that relationship. But the physical nature, what it takes to win, they've seen it. They have the blueprint. They've perfected it essentially and if they can continue to do that they will be a team that all around the state people will remember and fear when the Albany Bearcats come to town. The only detracting note I might have for Eric Sweeney's character is keeping Ed Klump as a, as a relation uh, for him. <laughs> he is one of the few people out there that admits being friends with Ed Klump. That, that is, is something. That is, that is something. Our sideline reporter is a, a jovial man and a great guy and we're always appreciative when Ed joins us but certainly uh, they go way back uh, through many phases of life uh, with Eric Sweeney. And also, Kendall Anthes is now trying to uh, try to go for a, a postseason bonus here. <laughs> and he also tracked down with Evan Peruski, the quarterback for the last four years for the LB program. It was a big move to make him the starting quarterback as a freshman coming out of COVID in week number four. And now, 48 starts later, 53 games later, the LB Bearcats and Evan Peruski bring home a state title. This is what Evan Peruski had to say with Kendall Anthes. I'm here with Evan Peruski. How great does it feel after winning that state championship? Everything. I, I like to call it a four-year struggle. I've been on varsity for four years. Made it here my freshman year lost. Uh, sophomore year lost in uh, semifinals Beale City. Last year we lost to Whiteford. And then, you know, this year we finally got it done. It, 
It feels amazing. Bring it, bring, finally bring one home to the community. You know, it, it feels amazing. What was, what was the key to success today? Um, pounding off tackle, sticking, sticking to what we do. Last year, I fumbled it on the second play of the game on offense, and then that kind of shook everyone. We got all jittery, and then, and then the next drive, or they take it down the field, score, and then the next drive we go three and out, and you know everyone was all starstruck. So just sticking to what we do, you know, all we football, pounding off tackle, running it up the middle one play. You know, me, me on the outside when they don't expect it. You know, just, just you know, just doing what we've done all season. Yeah, and I mean, we talked last week after the game, you know, talked about the message, what you were going to tell the guys going into this week, what you were telling them this morning when you guys got here. What was that message? Stay focused. Don't get, you know, awed by the big the big lights at Ford Field, uh, the big stadium. Just stay focused. We're here to, you know, like our coach says to us all the time, this is a business trip. We're not here to screw around, you know. And, you know, it was... It was his last, you know, Eric's last game coaching and our last game. So we wanted to win it for him, and, you know, we wanted to win it for us in the community. So just just playing hard. Well, congratulations. Enjoy this one. Thank you. Tell Evan Bruce you enjoy this one. That might be uh, an obvious statement there. But, uh, Kendall Anthos, it's good to have you back in the in the booth with us here now as uh, one great job dragging down those people. I'm sure it's a chaos down there. It is mass chaos. Yeah. And uh, people don't want you... MHSA doesn't like me down there. Um, <laughs> they try to push everybody around. It's uh, it's really chaotic down there. How many reporters? Was it just you or uh, were a lot of reporters down there? Um, there was a whole room full. Okay. Um, we had Oobly. Oobly? Yep. Oh, the yep. Oobly Bearcats. A lot of Oobly Bearcats <laughs> oh, from good. people that not sure if they watch a game. No business being there. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, classic. Oobly, Michigan. Oobly, Michigan. Oobly brings home the state title. The best part about that, though, was that the boys were up on the podium trying not to laugh <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> and then finally Evan Peruski gave out a chuckle, and it just, everybody lost it. Yeah. That's uh, with a, a family business, Thompson Chevrolet in, in Oobly, Michigan. <laughs> my wife certainly understands that, uh, that it's always Oobly if you're not from Oobly. And it's quite obvious. So, Kendall, I can't thank you enough. I mean, you jumped on our team uh, about week three of last year as our intern and uh, through Northwood University. And it's been great to see your progress uh, and, and growth in your position. You started out as just kind of a backup spotter and kind of learning the ropes and, frankly, a, a strong back to haul our gear. And it grew into now taking care of our social media, doing sideline reporting live, uh, tracking down reporters. That, that's a tall task that I sent you to do. So just go down there, find Eric Sweeney at halftime, which is completely against regulations. Oh, very, yeah, I found that out uh, afterwards, by the way. Oh, good. Good. And so then uh, you go from that and then tracking them down in the post game, at post, post press conference, and uh, with some great questions. So, Kendall, it's been a pleasure to have you on board. I, I'm, I think we're going to lose you. Uh, next year with a, with you graduating from Northwood and having to get a real job. Yeah. And uh, that, that puts a damper on things, but it's been, been an absolute pleasure for you to be with us the past two years. Well, it means a lot. I'm very happy that I got the opportunity to be with you guys. And I can guarantee you one thing, that if I'm in the area, I'll give you a call. Oh, good. I'd love to put the headset back on, and but I'm not carrying the box. Okay. <laughs> well, well, That's Dan's job. I'll have yeah. to find a, uh, a new student. Yeah. That's right. But the well, Dan Benke... Uh, School of spotting. Well, 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 by the power vested in me by the state of Michigan and Dan Benke, I can now officially deem you a graduate of the Dan Benke School of Football Spotting. Yeah. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah. So, Kendall, I can't thank you enough. And that leaves one man left on the broadcast, a voice you hear seldomly. You'll hear him in the second segment, which is we title on our scripts, the second segment. 
And we have the meteor on table, the final segment. And then, frankly, you don't hear from Dan Banky the rest of the game. But, oh, my, oh, my, do we hear from him in our ears. Every single play, he tells us the ball carrier, the uh, tackler, trends, what's happening in the trenches, what's happening on the sidelines, who's hurt, who's stretching, you name it. Dan Banky is on it. And, Dan, you now just wrapped up your seventh year with us on the WLW Sports Network, and I can't thank you enough. I can't imagine what – well, I can imagine, actually. We didn't have you <laughs> last year. We did it. We did it. <laughs> and I, I, I remember that, and I'm so thankful for you to be in the booth with us today and all for the past seven years. As you make this worth it, you make it fun for all of our listeners as we try to make this as a professional broadcast as possible. So thank you for everything you've done. Oh, thanks. Thanks for even uh, offering to come do this. Actually, it was. Uh, I kind of remember the day. Just, what are you doing on Fridays? And I'm like, uh, oh, well, I usually work. But what do you got in mind? Because you just never know what Clark has in mind. And uh, because I'm, I could use a spotter, and I said, well, I don't even know what that what titles. So any kind of. I said, well, that seems pretty easy. I kind of know the game a little bit here and there. Yeah. Might have might have played a few four years and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. I can't believe it's seven years, though. Seven it, years I, is hard to fathom. Yeah, we, I think we still need to go back and make sure it is seven years. But it, it I went back. Awesome. I, yeah. I did the math. I yeah. did it. I, I can't yeah, I can't believe it's seven. It. it feels like a couple years maybe, max. You know, yeah. it's, it's just been, it's been awesome. Well, yeah. it's, it's interesting that I ask you what you're doing on Friday because that's exactly how I got Dave <laughs> yeah. to do it. Word for word, but I was just going to tell you, like, boy, this sounds familiar. Right, yeah. right. Twelve years yeah. ago, I said, hey, Dave, yeah. I, I have a broadcast tomorrow. What are you doing? Right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I played a little harder to get. I did not want to do it. <laughs> right. no, but, yeah, uh, no, um, this is a lot of fun. I, you yeah. know, like I said, I, I, I see. I guess playing the game, I, I definitely see it a little bit different oh, than a, a lot of people. And, and, and us, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you can and, say us. We're not. And, and, That's okay. Uh, you know, and and I can I can read offenses, defense pretty quick. You know, and, and a lot of times I can predict what play is going to be played. You know, obviously, obviously, really easy. But some of the other teams are tougher, and I can pretty much. Scheduled down to about three different plays they'd run. Yeah. So. I think my favorite game, uh, if I got Cassidy a minute, Hemlock. was the game where the sideline guy yeah, was doing yeah. all the hand signals. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, that, that took, it took me to the second quarter, and I, I just told these guys it's going to be a run or it's going to be a pass. You know, and, and, and yeah, I was, I was probably 98% right. Yes. <laughs> so. yeah, you knew every single play, right. every single pass, yeah. you name it, you, yeah. you had it. Yeah. And, and Michigan hasn't contacted me yet, so I'll be back. Oh, <laughs> that's good to know. A quick note from that Hemlock game. That was the first time I ever carried the box. Oh, yeah. Well, at that Hemlock game. Yeah. Well, little do you realize, I burned and shredded and torched the entire cart today. So you get to carry every piece of equipment down by hand. And the elevators are broken. So. Well, folks, uh, this is it. <laughs> it was fun. If you see a giant box falling from the top of Ford Field, you know what happened. Right, right. So, Dave, uh, Dan Banky, thank you for everything you've done, and I uh, hope to have you back next year. I'll be here unless uh, unless you tell me different, I guess, no, we're, no. unless we're going big time. But uh, I'm taking it with as many people as I can from the, to the next right, level if right. that ever happens. I know <laughs> that. I'd be lost without uh, the whole crew here. Yeah. Duh. So, gentlemen. It's always fun. Always fun, most certainly. Gentlemen, any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? I just want to say congratulations, I'll believe it. What a, what a season, you know, to come back two years in a row. That's uh, that's, that's hard. No, no that's easy task. That's too, hard you know? in itself. Yes. How about three out of four? Well, yeah, three out of four. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. Yes. Again, this community they deserve. They put they put in all the work. You saw the support. I mean, Whiteford won it last year. Back here to defend their title, and there's twice as many people from our area than there was there. Now, oh, that's yeah. no joke. That is right. unbiased. Yeah. But to be fair. They worked super hard. This team battled through injuries this year. They had everything go against them. I said, but it was them against Whiteford. It was the revenge tour. It was Beale City. It was awesome. it was just the perfect storm that they finished the job, finished the story. Congratulations, I believe the whole community, Eric Sweeney, yeah. the team. Uh, 
enjoy the day, enjoy the weekend, as this is something that you guys will remember forever. Hold on, we have one, we have two more things to do, Dan or Dave. <laughs> Thompson Chevrolet Player of the Game. Thompson Chevrolet Player of the Game is Seth Bauer. Yes, leading the way, 137 yards on the ground on 27 carries, uh, punched in a touchdown, averaged over five yards a carry. Uh, he is your Thompson Chevrolet Player of the Game. Congratulations, Seth Bauer. If you're looking for the latest miles from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley. At top of the hill in Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet, find <laughs> Valley, new roads. Valley Sports gave Steph Mauer the player of the game with four minutes left in the game. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they knew it was in hand, too. Yeah. <laughs> and the final thing, Dan Banke. Congratulations. Oh, yes. I got, I got the, caught up in the game. I didn't even pay attention. The, the 2023 <laughs> Meaty Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. The victor goes to Dan Banke for the Zero season. Zero to hero. Because I, I think last year I don't know if I won a game. I don't or maybe think that so. was two years ago. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. you ended up with four correct, the oh. most accurate point totals. Yeah. As he took Ubley by seven points, which was the, the farthest of anyone. So he had Ubley 21 to 14. Well, it was it was 21 to six. Yeah, so pretty yeah. darn good there. You know, the, the Boyford must have messed up one time. They're supposed to score <laughs> there, but uh, whatever. Ubley probably appreciated not scoring. I probably should walk home alone after uh, my pick. <laughs> it's okay, Doug. Ed will come pick you up because I think uh, Ed made a kind of a bad pick. Yeah. Beach. <laughs> so... Uh, this is it, boys. Uh, Dave, I'll, I, we talk in the offseason, but not nearly as much as we do during the season. Oh, yeah, it's, but big, it's, uh, it's big when, it, when we're, uh, we're together every week. There's definitely some chatter uh, yeah. on the weekdays. But. And it's been, a, it's been a fun journey. We went to Mount Morris and then to Detroit. We had a fun night out last night, and uh, here we are in uh, Ford Field to wrap it all up in the Elby Bearcats, your victors and champions of Division Eight, state champions. Something you can't take away from the Ubley Bearcats, no matter what. The NCAA can't step in and swipe this one away. Nope. It's the Ubley Bearcats taking the victory over Whiteford 21-6. Any other th thoughts here, gentlemen, before I go through my post-game stuff? Uh, just one th thank you, Clark, man, yes. for everything no. you do for us. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know if that's where you were going with that. But, no, uh, that was you, not what you, I was intending. You, you, make, <laughs> you make life a lot easier for us. And, again, the easier you make it for us, the more fun we have. And I think that uh, reflects in the broadcast, right? We all have a good time. And, yeah. Uh, it starts with you. You don't get the credit you deserve either. And uh, I'll be the first one to tell it to you. So well, thank you for everything. Thank yes, you. That means, that, mean, that, yep. that means a lot. Thank you. And, and you should be thanking my wife because uh, – <laughs> We live together. We, we are married, but frankly, in football season, from 7 to 11 p.m. every single night, Sunday through Thursday, she doesn't see me because I'm in my office working on football. So it's been a, a fun journey. It'll be great to hang out with my wife again. Uh, Rochelle is back home with Pearl. Pearl, uh, our dog, and Rochelle are back home waiting for my return. And then we have about five weeks off before basketball starts, <laughs> which yeah. I won't quite mention to her for a few weeks <laughs> before uh, Steve Bone and I take over the airwaves as we travel the winter weather uh, for high school basketball. So, gentlemen, oh, it's been so much fun. Clark, one last thing Yeah. that I want to say thank you for everything that you do. But down on the sidelines, it was pretty awesome to see the – Ubley fan base. When you look up in the stands, it wasn't just Ubley. It was the Lakers. It was the Bad Axe, USA, Cass City, Harbor Beach. Yeah. You saw it all. That just shows how tight-knit of a community the Thumb is. And it was just awesome to see them all come together to root on the Ubley Bearcats yeah. today. Set the rivalries aside. Yes. Yep. The whole Thumb won the state championship today. It was the Ubley Bearcats that did it. So excited for the Ubley Bearcats. This really they're at that echelon already, but it's certainly when you have a state title to hang in your in your rafters and hang on your buildings in the the tower that uh, is we ever love. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's hard to put into words, as Eric Sweeney said himself. It's sobering. It's it's surreal. It's anything you can imagine. The Ugly Bearcats did today and did all year, and finish off the season at fourteen and zero. Gentlemen, thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to our listeners. Today's broadcast, and thank you to our sponsors. Today's broadcast was brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services, DS Services of Cast City, Conic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Bad Axe, Randy Sunning Center, 269 Guns, North Star Bank, Guiding the Way, Countryside Transportation, here on Auto Parts, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Bayport State Bank, Zinger Smigalski Funeral Home, Harbor Beach Community Hospital, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Ubley Motor Service, and Sure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? Thank you for our Twitter followers. We hit 1,003 for today. Thank you to all of our followers on Facebook, Twitter. We will wrap this whole thing up, and we'll post it on WLWSports.com likely tomorrow. It's going to take a while. We'll have new highlights, video highlights coming the whole week. Stay with us. We'll get it out there. On behalf of our entire broadcast team, our director of sports information, Doug Cole, spotter, best in the business, Dan Banky, our intern, Kendall Anthus, in-game analysis, Dave Hansen. I'm Clark Ramsey, producer and host for the last 13 years. We'll return with basketball action after the start of the new year with Steve Bone and Clark Ramsey. But in the meantime, the Ubley Bearcats take home the state championship in the defeat Whiteford, 21-6 for their first state title in school history. Go Bearcats! Good night from Detroit, Michigan. Ubley, 21-6, your victors. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services, on Sports Radio 102.1 FM, and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.